Hello, everyone. Welcome to NFL Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NFL. I'm your host, Corbin Weinerman, joined by my two co-hosts, Perry Aston and Christian McGowan. Guys, say hello. What's going on, guys? Hey, how y'all doing? And thank you guys so much for joining us on our first episode of NFL Unwrapped. I know, hopefully, a lot of you guys listen to our podcast for the NBA, NBA Unwrapped. This NFL Unwrapped podcast, we're planning to do the same thing, just talk about stuff that's trending in the NFL, talk about different news that's going on. This week, obviously, biggest story is the Super Bowl and what's going to be going on with that. So we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, I just want to make sure you guys know to follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrapped. You can also follow me on Twitter at CorbinMRPK. Perry can follow you on Twitter at what is yeah, it? You can follow me on Twitter. My it's my first and last name, so P E R R Y A S T O N Perry Aston, and then Christian. You can follow me at McGowan seventy five M E G O W A N seven five. Cool. Yeah, so we're super excited, guys. Uh, hopefully, you're following us from NBA Unwrapped, and you are carrying over to this one as well. Uh, hopefully, you guys have the same love for all sports that we do. We're bringing on our buddy Christian. He's super knowledgeable, former D1 football player. Uh, he he actually has knows some people in the NFL as well. So just an awesome former asset to have. Yeah, his former teammates for him. So awesome asset to have with us. And we're so welcome to the Unwrapped family. Uh, for all of you guys listening to the uh, Unwrapped podcast for your first time, welcome. Uh, we hope you enjoy it, and you know, hope you enjoyed as much as we do making these. And we're just pleased to start our NFL one on top of our NBA one, and it's just awesome to see how much we're expanding already. Yeah, yeah, and we got to officially welcome Christian McGowan into our Unwrapped family as well. He's been on our yeah, NBA. So yeah, he's been on our NBA Unwrapped podcast, I believe, twice, right, Christian? Yeah, I've been like your weird outside yeah. cousin, and now married <laughs> into like the actual family. So. Yes, and you've Thank brought you a lot of finding me one of your sisters to marry. A lot. <laughs> You've brought a lot of a um, a lot of unique takes to the NBA Unwrapped one, and I mean, we've been talking before this podcast. I know you got one really unique take about a certain MVP candidate that no one else would think about. We'll get to that a little later. Um, but a really quick note before we get into this podcast: I know for NBA Unwrapped, you guys are able to listen to it on SoundCloud or iTunes. For NFL Unwrapped, we will be getting onto iTunes. It's just we can't submit our podcast to iTunes until we have one recorded. So for this first podcast, initially, unfortunately, you guys will only be able to listen to it on SoundCloud, but we hope by our episode two, which we plan to record next week, we will be on iTunes. Yeah, so. if you already listen to us on SoundCloud, there's no change for you. Uh, but either way, we just wanted to get this one out, obviously, before Super Bowl. Uh, we strategically planned it to start now. That way we can kill the offseason and jump right into the next season, of course, just like we did with NBA Unwrapped. Uh, so I don't know. We just, we're just we super happy to have Christian on, and we got a lot to talk about, especially with the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Let's jump right into the first topic. Uh, it's the Alex Smith trade. Uh, a little premature when you think about the fact that it's not really going to take place until next season. They wanted to get it done before this crazy offseason happened before the draft, before anything like that. So it was the first domino that's really fall, uh, fallen. So let's talk about the Alex Smith trade. Yeah, so really quickly, just officially, the Alex Smith trade is not official until the new league year starts, but the Redskins and Chiefs have both agreed to the deal. It will become official once the new year starts. So the trade in its entirety is Alex Smith going from the Chiefs to the Redskins 
In return, the Chiefs get the Redskins slot cornerback, Kendall Fuller, and a third-round pick. Uh, I'll start, Christian, with you. What are your initial thoughts from this deal? Also, something to mention is that Alex Smith got a four-year, $94 million contract extension from the Redskins as soon as this trade was completed. So, yeah, um, a couple things. I foresaw this move ever since come draft last year when they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes, who uh, kind of fits Andy Reid's style a little bit more, kind of hugs it down the field and uh, more dynamic plays instead of the, the check down and kind of the media methodical play of Alex Smith. Um, uh, this was a move that uh, has to happen because Alex Smith only had one year on his deal until uh, uh, he signed a four-year extension now having five years on his deal left. Um, so from the Chiefs' standpoint, um, you either keep him on the books one more year and sit in the homes, or you, you make this move now, you clear cap space going into the new league year, you get a third-round pick, which um, is a project player at best. But I mean, and, and Kendall um, Fuller, he plays inside and outside. He's a really good talent that they're losing. So Kendall Fuller is actually a lot bigger part of this trade than people realize if they don't know yeah, that name. Yeah, I don't see that as the sexiest part of this deal, but... I, I see the cap room as more uh, of a of a move than necessarily Fuller, but I mean it's it's a win win um, unless you're Kirk Cousins. But uh, I mean, not really. It is a win win for Kirk Cousins. He's he was not happy there. There's just been talk about him getting he was, traded. He was not happy for the respect. They he was gonna he was gonna they, leave. So they at well, this point they now they have they've if given they him his him the deal that he wanted. I don't think. He would have left. Well, they're giving him his ticket out. Yeah. They, clearly, it's not going to work out for either side. So they made this move to say, here's your ticket out of this city to go find the team that you're happy with. He's a great quarterback, and he's just kind of been thrown around in Washington. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries, and they still found a way to win some games, and that was only because of Kirk Cousins. They were down to like a practice squad running back at some point. They had nobody else on their depth chart. There was three players that have never started a snap for the Redskins at some point when Samaj P. Ryan went down later on in the season. So it's all a testament to Kirk Cousins. He's an extreme competitor, and he deserves to be in a place, a good franchise that respects him, that wants him, and he's going to win games for whatever franchise takes a chance on him. But I think this is a good move. Because it's before the offseason started. It was a clear out for Kirk Cousins. He clearly didn't have a spot there. And I think it was from both sides. So yeah. they have their quarterback for the future. And it's a win-win for Kirk Cousins. Because now he doesn't have to deal with any more contract talks with them. It's only contract talks with other teams. Yeah, I'd really argue. I think that it's a win for Kirk Cousins. Just because now he's going to go secure that long-term deal that he's been looking right, for. Right, right. At, a, at a place that needs him. Yeah, and now there's no more, with the Redskins, it was, oh, they're not giving me what I'm looking for. Well, if he's looking for a contract that's unreasonable, now there isn't a team that's going to be able to give him that franchise tag, because obviously the Redskins, who theoretically could still franchise tag him, won't be. Um, So it's just whatever the best deal is on the table, he's going to have to take, and it's going to be a long-term deal. Someone's going to need a quarterback, and someone's going to put it, yeah. Someone's going to severely overpay for Yes. But he's he's still young. It's not like they're paying. Like, he's still young? Well, yeah. I mean, Alex Smith young. is Alex Smith is 33. Yeah, Kirk, 33. Kirk Cousins is younger than him. And you're talking about a five-year deal. By the end of his deal, he'll be barely... 
he'll be around Alex Smith is Alex Smith's age, you know, at that you point. Should, you say young as if he like it's still developed. Um, I mean, Kirk Cousins can get a little bit better, but what we see from is what we get. I mean, you're he's talking about him like he's old. Uh, he's, I believe, he's twenty nine, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. not, he's not old. I don't know what you're talking about. He's definitely got youth. No, he's definitely not young. Yeah, he's twenty. He's twenty nine. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's twenty nine. We're talking career. about. He were talking about a four year deal. By the end of that four year deal, he's the age of Alex Smith. So they're. That's an entire deal away from of age right there. That's a long deal that he's looking for. So twenty nine isn't isn't yeah. old. Look, I agree with yeah, he's not young. Christian, I agree with you that what we've seen from him is pretty much what we're going to get. He's twenty nine years old. He's not going to get much better, if any. Um, but being twenty nine years old, what you see from him is what you're going to get, unless some injury happens for the next. Probably three, four, five years. All right, let's, um, let's let's just bring up his career stats really quick, just so that we have him out on for all of our listeners out there. It's uh, his career quarterback ratings at ninety three point seven. He's thrown for over sixteen thousand passing yards uh, from two thousand twelve to two thousand seventeen, and with ninety nine touchdowns and fifty five interceptions. So almost a two to one touchdown to interception rate. Uh, and a 93.7 um, quarterback rating. So that's those are not bad numbers whatsoever. Those are numbers that will win you games if you put him with the right players. And, of course, the, the Redskins, it wasn't the perfect team for him, but when you're talking about all the injuries they sustained last year, it doesn't matter what quarterback you had in there. He didn't have much of a team at the end to even try and compete. So you couldn't really – you can't really tell. And his numbers aren't bad at all. They're good. They're very good, actually. And he's 29 years old, so this is a – this is going to be the last contract that he's going to get in his career that's going to be meaningful because at the end of this, it's going to be an Alex Smith kind of situation where he's getting a contract because of how good he's playing. But right now is the, like the last contract he's going to be able to accept when he's still considered in his prime. And for right now, let's try to stick on the topic of the Alex Smith Redskins Chiefs trade. I know Kirk Cousins is obviously a part of this and there are, there are going to be things that happen with that. Um, we're going to talk in a second about Kirk Cousins, where he's most likely to go. Right now, I want to hear from both of you the trade. Who won it, the Chiefs or the uh, Redskins? Uh, yeah. The Chiefs. I, th- I, mean, I mean, I'll take this one first, Perry. Um, yeah. I don't see the Redskins with Alex Smith winning a Super Bowl. Um, so to me, it... In my mind, it locked in their like slow descent into a rebuild. Um, obviously, from the Redskins' point of view, they think they can win a Super Bowl with uh, Alex Smith. I personally don't think that they can. I think not that Patrick Mahomes can win you a Super Bowl, but at least he has. Um, he's got a long he way has, to go. Yeah, he's a long way to go. You know, you, you can't say which way you know he's going to go yet. And I think with Andy Reid as your head coach and the Chiefs, who have Proven they can spend money and will move up to get things that they want. Um, I think that holds more um, interest as someone who's not a fan of either franchise, and I think they have a more promising future than doubling down on a guy who is, by the end of the contract, he says he's going to be 38 years old. So unless he's Tom Brady reincarnate, he's not going to be slinging around passes at a super high rate at that point. Um, so I think the Chiefs won. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with all of your points. Uh, I don't think that the Redskins are going to be able to win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith. I think that, oh, well, I mean, even if they think so, they have a long way to go to build a team around Alex Smith. Exactly. I think the Chiefs built almost as good of a team as you can around Alex Smith, to be 100% honest. 
and they just haven't been able to get it done. Year in and year out, they haven't been able to get it done when it counts. And I, to be honest, this year wasn't Alex Smith's fault. That was Andy Reid's fault. This was just, this might not even have been Andy Reid's biggest playoff collapse either, which is sad enough in its own. But he is a great coach, of course, and he will coach up Mahomes, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl there either right now. It's not If Mahomes win a Super Bowl, it's not going to be with Andy Reid. I'm telling you that. They're not winning a Super Bowl until they move on from Andy Reid, and that's my opinion. But it's the same thing that you were saying with at least they're giving their quarterback a chance to develop. They're able to get Kendall Fuller in return who can play inside and outside. He's a really good young athletic cornerback that was making waves on the Redskins, and I know he was a locker room favorite as well. A third-round pick and cap flexibility. So I think they win that as well because the Redskins, this was their move right now to try and put themselves in a position to succeed now. And I agree with you that I don't think Alex Smith is the answer. I think they have a lot more problems to fix. And even with those problems fixed, I still don't think Alex Smith is going to be the answer after that. So, If Alex Smith couldn't get it done with all the weapons on the, on the Chiefs, what does the Redskins think that exactly. he's going like, exactly. to exactly. play better? You could, and you can. That's that's almost impossible considering how his year went. He he played so well. He's not going to be able to duplicate that with you know the receivers that he has on that team and with the running back. The running backs are good, but can they stay healthy? Can anybody stay healthy on that team? And that's going to be the same problem with who you have under center. If it's going to be Kirk Cousins getting hit way too often because the offensive line is banged up, it's now going to be Alex Smith getting way too often hit way too often because the offensive line's problems. And it's going to be the fact of how many skill positions are going to go down on a week to week basis. And Alex Smith, just like we said, he's 33 years old at the end of this deal. He's going to be what 37, 38. 38 he's going to be 38 yeah. years old. You know, that's the end of your career, and he might. This would be considered the end of his prime. With Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, being 29 years old, he still has some years left. This whole contract will be his years of prime, and that will be about it. But that's why I don't. I understand where they're taking a chance on him because of how well he did last season. But just like you both said, with all the weapons they had around him in Kansas City, what's going to make anything different in Washington? It's going to be a harder for him. To be yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's and fool, I think, it's a yeah. So I agree with both of you that the Chiefs won this trade easily. Um, Kendall Fuller, like you were saying, Perry, he's one of the best up-and-coming cornerbacks. Um, we don't think of him on the same level, obviously, as like a Jalen Ramsey. Um, but he is a really good corner who will definitely contribute to the Chiefs. They got Marcus Peters as well. Um, He's versatile. He can even play safety. Yeah, and well, speaking of safeties, um, the Redskins safety, DJ Swearinger, when he heard that Kendall Fuller was who they gave up, he was very, very ticked off. And right. he was um, he sent a... Quite a few tweets on Twitter that he's since deleted, but basically just questioning the Redskins and how can you trade one of the best young corners in the league for um, Alex Smith. Um, and then later he said, welcome to the Redskins, Alex Smith. Let's go in a Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs won this trade. Alex Smith, he's not going to... I don't like to say game manager because Alex Smith... A little bit better than just a game manager, but really he's not going to he's not going to lose you a game. But for the most part, he's not going to win you a game either. And when you look at the Redskins roster, they need a quarterback that can go out and win you a game. 
Kirk Cousins could go out and win you a game He's better than Alex Smith. extremely competitive, Kirk Cousins, and he just didn't have the supporting cast. If you put him on a team like the Broncos and you give him receivers like Demarius Thomas and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who didn't have good years at all last year because they didn't know the name of the quarterback who was throwing them the ball half the, half the weeks, it was just a, a shit show there for them. And so... Um, I, honestly, at this point, you put him in a good position or at least with a good running back behind him to where they can 50-50 that offense. Kirk Cousins is going to make the playoffs next season, and that's guaranteed. Well, depending on Depend, if you know what I'm saying, if, if, if the they put him team. on a, a spot like that. But, yeah, of course, yeah. he's going to go to a team that needs a rebuild, and he's going to be the face of it. That's another story. But I don't see him signing with a team that was the same as Washington, if not less. I think he's looking for a competitor, obviously. Yeah, there's going to be competitors that will yeah. be offering. There's competitors that need a quarterback. Alex Smith last year on the Chiefs, yeah, he uh, he had one of he had probably the best season of his career. He led the league in completion percentage on passes thirty or more yards downfield, which suited Andy Reid's offense perfectly. The problem with Smith is that as the year wore on, he started to not go downfield quite as much and start to revert back to old habits. It wasn't even just that. They were also not leaning on their all-star, all-pro rookie running back at the end of the season. They started utilizing him way less, and that was the reason why they blew that playoff game because they had a workhorse running back they needed to start handing the ball off to, and they did not manage that game at all. They yeah. blew such well, a big lead. They, no, they, you, could, you could see once, once, Travis, Kelsey, once yeah. Travis Kelsey went out, Alex Smith had no confidence in anyone. Um, really quickly before we move on, I want to get Christian's take on... He has a very unique take about a certain backup quarterback last year that should have some MVP consideration. So, Christian, I'll let you take it from here. Uh, what? yes. Yeah. At about um, week four or five of the season, um, when Alex Smith was playing, very uncharacteristically of how Alex Smith has played previous in his career, um, I started thinking why this sudden uptick in performance and I really start thinking his play style he's taking a lot of games out of Patrick Mahomes playbook and throwing the ball downfield and really opening up the the vertical and down the field throwing patterns like he did at Texas Tech and things that Andy Reid has done um, like previous in his career so I start thinking that you know the reason why Alex Smith has been performing the way he's performing is because of Patrick Mahomes pushing him in practice to make the throws that the Chiefs traded up to go get Patrick Mahomes to make. So my theory was Patrick Mahomes should get some consideration for MVP because he has pushed Alex Smith to stop playing so modest and, um, let's say, like docile and start throwing it down the field, start using Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill's all-down-the-field threat. He's nowhere short. Um so that's why I, you know, around week four or five, I started thinking, hey, you know, Patrick Mahomes should get some consideration for MVP because look what he's doing to Alex Smith. He's, he's put some fire under this man's butt. He made uh, an old man have the best year in his career out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly Andy Reid was so impressed with Patrick Mahomes this last season mm-hmm. that they're willing to trade Alex Smith away. Um, but that just shows just how much Mahomes played well in practice, was throwing the ball all over the place. He's known as a quarterback that didn't have the best accuracy, but he'll learn. It's just his arm was so strong, and he was able to throw the ball and sling it all over the place. And it was a matter of 
is he just going to be throwing the ball everywhere and not having any kind of direction? And that was the right coaching that was needed in the NFL. But clearly he was in practice just throwing the ball 75 yards and Alex Smith was yeah, sitting well, there. Alex Smith was sitting they there saw feeling in practice made them feel comfortable enough to trade Alex. Right. Alex Smith clearly stepped up his game last year, but that wasn't even enough for the Chiefs. I mean, they're definitely they've been looking for long term since last season when they moved up to pick him in the draft. They were they didn't yeah. just get to that Alex, spot Alex and re- Smith was playing to get him the contract he got now. Yeah, and, and the, he, they didn't they didn't they didn't like just all of a sudden have Mahomes they didn't have Mahomes just sitting there when they moved up to when they moved up to get him, and they were just like, "Oh, that's the best player on the board." They strategically went up to get him, knowing that Alex Smith was at the end of his Chiefs run. So it's yes. just the fact that they were they changing the playbook. The that Alex Smith was going to have, I think they were pleasantly surprised. This was going to happen regardless. Maybe Patrick Mahomes would have got the nod last year because of Alex Smith didn't play the way he played. Um, so. I mean, you were thinking they got him to put the fire under Alex Smith and just were sitting there no, as a backup at any time? I think the whole time to move, Alex, to move Patrick Mahomes to start a quarterback. I think that Alex Smith saved himself by playing the way that he played. I think that he he fought the Wolves off um, for, his, for the whole year. Yeah, as as yeah. no, it was with Mahomes and Smith, it was never a question of if Mahomes would be replacing Smith. It was just when. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a very... Very interesting take on MVP. Um, we'll have to see. We'll uh, maybe send out a poll and see if any of our followers agree with you on yeah, that. Because MVP is the most valuable player. <laughs> Getting, you, know, you got the most out of the most position. You brought the most value to your team. When yeah. the ball, you didn't right. physically throw the ball, but you created the situation that bred this older man to play the way he played. Yeah, I mean, he earned himself a four-year, $94 million extension on a new 100%. team. So, so yeah, he fought he off. He, he just solidified his career with this contract. This was the end. This is the end of his career. And oh, he, he, solid, no, no, he solidified his bank account while he solidified his career. Definitely. All right, so <laughs> we're, we're going to... throws that's crappy cool. passes where he goes next. And the zeros will be looking fine at Chase. Yes. So. All right, let's move on to the next topic. So, been talking about Kirk Cousins. Um... This next topic, just where do we think Kirk Cousins is going to go? So there are some odds out. Vegas has released odds on his next team. I'll just read them to you guys, and then um, Perry will start with you this time, and then Christian, tell me where you think he's going to go. So the Bengals have 50 to 1 odds to get Cousins. Bills, 15 to 1. Broncos, 6 to 5. And Perry, I know you were talking about them earlier. The Browns at 5 to 1 odds. The Cardinals at 5 to 1 odds. Giants at 30 to 1 odds. The Jaguars at 12 to 1 odds, Jets at 3 to 1 odds, Steelers at 40 to 1 odds, and the Vikings at 12 to 1 odds. So, Perry, what team do you think Cousins is playing for next year? Uh, for me, it's a perfect fit with the Broncos. They're immediately a playoff team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying immediately with Kirk Cousins, but within the next year or two, if they build even more of a team around him. But that defense is ferocious. Um, but yeah, I think the Broncos would be a perfect fit for him. If not, I can also see the Cardinals happening because obviously Carson Palmer retiring. They can either go and find their quarterback for now or for the future, depending on how they want to go about this with free agency or going about it in the draft. But I can see them taking a chance on Kirk Cousins. But for me, it's just it's too perfect of a fit for the Broncos, seeing how they were with their quarterback last year. They really did go and try and work with from within with Simeon and with Paxton Lynch and try yeah really trying to 
both Brock Osweiler. Yeah, brought even brought yeah. brought back Brock Osweiler. So they were trying to stick with the next man up mentality and really try and groom their young guys. And I don't they they really saw it didn't work out for them. And they're used to winning. And they have a, a coach that if he has three more bad games next year, he's fired. He's lucky to hold held on to his job. He, there was a lot of rumors that he was losing it, and he held on to the position for the Broncos. And now I think they're going to look to win now and fix their biggest problem last year that they couldn't complete a pass to two of uh, two amazing receivers that they had. They were using Benny Fowler more than they were using Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas at some point. Benny Fowler was, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. So at this point, I think it just works out too well for both sides that he's looking for a team that can compete now. They're looking for a uh, player that can let them compete now. And they obviously will be able to afford him and he's going to get the contract he's looking for. And if not, I think the Cardinals would be a good backup. But I think you know people think the Browns, but they have two. They have uh, two picks in the top five, and they have a lot of picks this year, and they're willing to build from within. So with Deshaun Kaiser already on that team, I don't know. They could obviously go for Kirk Cousins for that sweepstake, but I see them using their money elsewhere and looking to find their quarterback for the future instead of signing Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I don't see the Browns. Being yeah, likely. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, the Broncos for my pick. And for my plan B, I would say he's going to go to Arizona. So what about you, Christian? What are you looking at? Yeah, we thought very similar on this. Um, so I kind of have two schools of thought on this. He's either going to go with the competitor, or so it's going to be the Broncos or the Cardinals because are the two teams that would be um, – that have a lot of pieces around the quarterback um, that are very good. And if you just plug in a better quarterback – Theoretically, you would have a much much better team than what we saw. I mean, you could you can consider you can consider the Vikings too. Him going there instead of yeah, Case and Kim. I think and when I saw the Vikings on the list, um, obviously these numbers are going to change um, when the NFL draft happens. We see what teams are thinking with their young guys and their future, and with free agency. So these numbers, well, free agency in the sense that um, we'll see which way that they want to go in terms of using their cap space. Um, so if he goes with the competitors, the Cardinals, the Broncos. If he um, wants the saturated, I'm going to get as much money as possible deal. Um, the, like you said, you said the uh, the Browns probably not the move because they have the one of the four pick. Um, I see the Jets and uh, being that pick that can offer them a lot of offer him a lot of money. And you know, New York's not a bad place to live. So if he doesn't mind losing, then you know, getting paid can kind of soften the blow. Of, getting beat every Sunday, Monday. I mean, look uh, look at the Jets last year. They plugged in a quarterback that, how old was he, 38, McCowan, and he was able to win games. Yeah, they tapered off. They had some early success. I mean, I would love to see it because all of us, we have a friend of Chad Hansen who is a a receiver who plays for uh, the New York Jets, and he's a, I played with him in football in high school in Corbin. All three of us played basketball with him in high school, so I'd love to see him get a better quarterback and score some touchdowns and I represent our hometown, the NFL. But, um, yeah, I think when you talk about him getting the most money, um, I think the Jets is the place that would be the most attractive dollar-wise, um, and they need a quarterback. So, But I think he's a competitor. You know, Like we said earlier, he's a mutt. He's a, he's a dog. So I think he's going to go to Denver, and I think he's going to give some problems to people. So you think, you think the Broncos too, or do you think the Jets? I think the Broncos. I, I, I think the Jets, if his mindset is, I'm going to get the check. Okay. So, well, I mean, but, I, but like I said, yeah. I think his mindset is a dog, and I think he's going to go to the Broncos. 
I mean, look at the last time. Look at the last time they signed a free agent quarterback. They won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, and, and they South- got they got yeah, the two Super Bowls. Right. They got they got they got the two of them. So Peyton could barely hold the football during that Super Bowl. I mean, and, and, and they still won. All I'm saying, the defense isn't as dominant as it Brock was Osweiler year. was plugged in for a while too, and he was able to carry that team perfectly Brock fine, which is what. Better chance to win that Super Bowl. Well, yeah. he he was able to keep Brock them afloat for sure, and he earned himself he earned himself a big contract before he made his way. You know, and look at how he looks circling right away. circling back to Denver, of course, at some yeah. point. But think about that. That was the last time they took a chance on a quarterback. Now they finally said, all right, let's go with these young guys that we've taken so much time and patience in. Look how awful it was last year. It was so bad. Like, I had Emmanuel Sanders on my fantasy team, and <laughs> at the end of the year, I I love him so much, and I would just keep him on my bench just in case he would have a breakout breakout game. But I had to release him because he had no one to throw to him. I'd rather have him thrown to himself or just – Somehow this went with some all-running offense. It was just didn't know who was going to play quarterback each week. And when Simeon was in, there was his certain set of problems. When Lynch was in, it was his certain set. And then when Brock was in, of course, his entire panel of problems. So they need to go and win now because that defense isn't getting any younger. Yeah. I I agree with you, too. And that makes it for not as exciting much discussion. But we've been having some good discussion with this. I agree with you guys. I think the Broncos definitely make the most sense. When I look at this list, the Browns, I don't see what incentive they would have to go out and get them. The Browns, when I look at this list, I'm looking for a team that's in a position to win now. The Browns obviously are nowhere close to that. Why not go get a younger quarterback that you can develop in your system? The Broncos and the Cardinals to a lesser extent, but really the Broncos just make so much sense to me. They are in complete win-now mode. You look at the big players that they have on their team and their ages. Their two best wide receivers, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, are both 30 years old. Aqib Tlaib's 31 years old. Chris Harris and Von Miller are 28 years old. But in football, I mean, once you get to that age, anything can happen. You have a lot of really good playmakers, some of the best players at their respective positions. You just need a quarterback. And Kirk Cousins... Yes, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's someone who, when you have a really good team around him, he can get you to places, including, I don't think it's far-fetched to say, like you were saying, Perry, if he's on the Broncos, they could easily end up making the, not easily, but they could end up making the Super Bowl for sure. Um, one Sam thing, Bradford was a heartbeat away from doing it. Or, uh, Case, Case Keenum, Keenum yeah. Yeah, and... One thing that really surprised me, though, just about these odds is why the Steelers were, for one, even listed. They're 40-1. to I understand there's been some rumors with Ben Roethlisberger possibly retiring, but he said he's coming back. I think he said he wants to play for three more years, so there's no way the Steelers go out and sign Kirk Cousins this year. But also how the Steelers have better odds than the Bengals. The Bengals... They make some sense. Andy Dalton is not the quarterback you want to try to lead your I team. I'd rather I don't wrong. think they're ready to get, to jump ship on Andy Dalton. I yet, think though. they just had to put names down, and they're like, "What are the teams that have an outlying quarterback dysfunction?" They just threw them down. What about the Vikings? Because the Vikings, I, I all do, three, I do like the Vikings. All Me, three of their, all too, three of their quarterbacks are free agents, so. None of them are actually starters when you really think about it. Case Keenum showed that he could be a starter, but you're not going to start any team around Case Keenum or Sam Bradford. You're looking for a step above. 
Because if there was any know. quarterback on that team besides them, they would have won this Super Bowl because that defense was insane. I know oh Nick. I know. I know Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles ripped them apart, but they also had an insane amount of time of possession because you know Case yeah, Keenum wasn't able to do anything. It's not always the defense's fault. Right. Uh, I mean, Case Keenum wasn't able to do anything. So, but let's uh, let's move on to the next, and we're gonna do our first Twitter segment of NFL Unwrapped. We uh, dropped our Twitter this morning. We've had a super busy day on here, uh, gaining a bunch of followers and retweeting uh, within this page and our NBA Unwrapped page. So again, welcome everybody that follows us on NBA Unwrapped to NFL Unwrapped. We really appreciate you carrying over with us and staying a part of the Unwrapped family. And if you are just listening to a podcast from us for the first time, welcome and we hope you're enjoying it. I hope you stick with us and maybe go check out our basketball one as well if you enjoy the NBA. Uh, But let's get started on our first part of the Twitter segment. I want to start with a very positive note. Ryan Shazier, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he went down with a pretty gruesome spinal injury in their game against the Bengals on December 4th. Uh, And then he got transferred to a hospital where he underwent spinal stabilization surgery. Uh, Now he is released from University of Pittsburgh Medical Center uh, rehabilitation facility and will continue rehab and outpatient care. So an awesome story. Congratulations uh, to Ryan Shazier and the Steelers. Just an awesome guy. I know he was in the box for the Steelers playoff game and the crowd I heard from certain sources that it was louder than it's probably ever gotten there in any of their tenure. Just no one had any idea who they were cheering for. Then everybody looked up at the Jumbotron and joined in as well. Just a remarkable comeback story, and he's now released. So prayers up for Ryan Shazier for the rest of his rehab, and it's just been a very, very fast recovery. And so today, as of this morning, he's been, of course, discharged from University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, so congrats. We're going to move on to our next part of the uh, Twitter segment, the uh, something about Terrell Owens. I know as a Cowboys fan myself, uh, when Terrell Owens came there for a couple years, I was just enamored by his game and how exciting he was to watch. It fits so perfect with the Dallas Cowboys type of play and with the popcorn and signing the camera and proposing to cheerleaders. Everything was so perfect there. And uh, But so just on to a note about his career, uh, just how he's getting snubbed for the Hall of Fame. Uh, and there was a question from SportsCenter with the debate if Terrell Owens should be going into the Hall of Fame or not, and it said, yeah. should Terrell Owens be in the Hall of Fame. And I, we quoted it saying the statistics don't lie because over his 16 seasons, his 15,934 career receiving yards ranked second in NFL history and the 153 touchdowns that he's caught ranks third. So right there, that's two receiving yards and touchdowns, second and third all time. And he was a six-time Pro Bowl selection five-time first-team All-Pro, and a member of the NFL All-Decade of 2000's second team. It's not even a question to me, so I'm going to talk to you guys really quick. We're going to spend a quick second on this one. I'm going to ask Corbin first. Do you think he belongs in the Hall of Fame? Because I think the stats I read kind of speak for themselves. Yeah, I don't... There, It shouldn't even be a question. Like you said, second all-time in receiving yards, third all-time on touchdowns. He was in tremendous shape every single season. He tore his ACL, I believe, if it wasn't the last year of his career. 
second or third to last year of his career. He was and he feared. came back. He put in so much work every single year to be the best. And he worked so hard. He, There's no question that if there weren't all these politics involved with voting people into the Hall of Fame, no doubt, Hall of Famer. But because of everything that happened with him during his career, it becomes a question. And to me, it's just silly. Put him in the Hall We're of Fame. We're talking about Hall of Fame players, not Hall of Fame people. When you really look at it, I know that that's kind of a tough way to put it. But we're not putting people in the Hall of Fame because of how charitable they've been or because of how good of a person they were. We applaud them and that will add to their legacy. But at the end of the day, it's about football statistics. And, and he's no O.J. Simpson. He didn't kill exactly. Exactly. He was, he was if any, eccentric if any, yeah, If anything, player. he was just a little bit of a problem in a couple locker rooms, you know, just a couple egos that couldn't match. But, but there, are, there are plenty of players in the Hall of Fame that were problems. That, but that was part room. of his game. That was part of why everybody loved him to watch him. And, and I, there was quotes from different players that I saw when he uh, about him when they were talking about this, saying he was one of the most feared players in the NFL. Coaches feared him. Defensive coordinators feared him. We feared him. When we went to go look at tape, we spent half of our time reading or watching Terrell Owens' tape. And that was from multiple different uh, past players. So... Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's not even a question. I it's think an, he, it's an obvious snub. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys you can, can all give agree. me one reason that he isn't in the Hall of Fame. Seriously, one one reason, one reason. Man. It's it's not it's not it's not like he's a problem. He wasn't that big of a problem. Just like you said, he wasn't OJ. No, not even a question. So, not even a question. So stop stop all the BS and put this give this man a jacket. It's about time. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, let's move on to the next category really quick. Just another awesome note that we're going to continue on this podcast and a player that will be playing in the Super Bowl or at least on the team uh, for the Eagles, Chris Long. Um, he was, uh, just got declared the recipient of the 2018 Byron Wizard White Community MVP Award. He donated his entire year's salary this year to different community endeavors. So just an awesome guy, super charitable and just a philanthropist. In recognition, the NFL Players Association will donate $100,000 to the Chris Long Foundation. So because of how great he's been to the community and to everybody around everybody around him, he's the NFL Players Association is going to donate back to him and his association and his foundation. So congratulations to Chris Long, who's had a great – just, just his entire year has gone to different – charities and i know uh he's the only player in nfl history to not take one dime all season yeah we were just mentioning to and how the hall of fame is hall of fame players not hall of fame people but if there was a hall of fame people chris long chris is the long's first in person it. In yeah that. he's in it 100%. unbelievable yeah, not taking people who, who talk about it he's really about that right? yeah and you think especially playing the most dangerous sport in the world football he doesn't take one penny. It. Yes, Not and he doesn't penny. take one penny for this entire year. Yeah, it's, um, it's just he's been a phenomenal, phenomenal player and a phenomenal person. person. Yeah, exactly. even more important, a phenomenal person. Yeah, he's also a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, um, and that will be announced, I believe, on Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl, along with the rest of the NFL awards. So look out for that. I don't see how he doesn't win that award. No, there's no, there's no other person that would be worthy over him. So let's uh, the one next tweet that we got to talk about is the 2017 Super Bowl rings that the Patriots have. They contain 283 diamonds, which is no coinc- which is no coincidence whatsoever. 
Uh, it's a reference to the 28 to 3 score for the Super Bowl last year, and Falcons owner Arthur Blank to the New York Times quoted, I said to Robert, and by Robert he means Pat's owner Robert Kraft, you didn't have to do the 28-3 in the ring. It kind of pissed me off. And I can see why that would piss uh, Mr. Blank off 100%. <laughs> and I can see why the Kraft family did this and why how I think this is awesome. I want to get your guys' take. Do you think this is an awesomely funny troll that the Patriots just pulled? Oh, yes. Or do you think this is a sign of immaturity and I, why even do no, this? No, it's awesome. It's awesome. an awesome okay, troll Okay, cool. Job. You guys are on the, my leg. Awesome. Arthur Blank's upset about this? Here's an easy solution for you. When? Don't blow a 28-3 to lead in the third quarter. Do you know how long the Warriors exactly. Do you know how long the Warriors had to hear that? Blowing a 3-1 lead? Yeah, yeah they had to stick right. with that one for a while. So you're going to stick with that one too, Mr. Arthur Blank. But yeah, that was just I thought that was funny and relevant, of course, to this week. So just a funny stat that we put. I know a lot of you guys liked and favorited that one. Or sorry, liked and retweeted that one for us. So yeah, the 2017 Super Bowl rings contained 283 diamonds. So don't blow another lead if you are in the Super Bowl <laughs> this year because the Patriots will. Yeah, watch out, Eagles. You know, make another 280. How, how, did, how did the ring not hurt more than the crying Jordan face? Oh my Come god, crying Jordan face is completely for them. But yeah, let's yeah. Uh, Let's move on to um, Rob Gronkowski and him. Uh, he just cleared concussion protocol, uh, so he will. How, how can you? I have a question. Let me interrupt you. What's up? How can you tell? How, how does he pass? How can you tell whether he has a concussion or not? That's my well, real they question. They do. They do different tests. I mean, I've been evaluated. I know, I'm, I'm sure. Concussion tests, yeah. But they changed the concussion they, protocol lately, did they not? So there's probably a, a well, updated more, series of tests. It's more strict, so three, I'm sure. He got three green triangles correct, so he can play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever whatever he did pass, he's good enough to see straight and catch a football. But I don't know if this affects his play in the Super Bowl, um, his ability, well, or it does, I don't know. I don't know if, if he's if he's 100. percent No, but, but do they put him on a uh, snap count? No, I. No. It's either you're healthy or you're not, and. If he's cleared I mean, by independent doctors, then what do you? Healthy. But you don't ever use a player like a diversion tactic kind of thing where you put a player out there, and even if it's for one drive. Well, I think it's different. For, it's different for concussions versus something like a sprained ankle or coming back from a broken leg or something. Then maybe it's more of a restriction because you don't want too much stress put on that. With your head, you have a concussion. It's just yeah, you, you could you could get hit on any possession, and I guess the more snaps you play, the more likely it is that you get hit. But if you get in the head, get hit in the head, and it's hard, you're going to get a concussion. You're going to be out for the rest of the game. But Gronk is, besides Tom Brady, obviously the most important player on the Patriots. This is a Super Bowl. If he gets injured, he has the entire offseason to heal up. You play him. You play him as much as you possibly can, and exactly. you hope to win the game. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so really, really funny tweet working off uh, Gronkowski. Field Yates. Um, just someone we really trust, a source on NFL Unwrapped. He tweeted this. It's not a joke whatsoever. It's confirmed by him and other sources as well. So just a bit of humor. Uh, you know how Gronkowski is always joking around. He was in. A, he just a. He's always got the number sixty nine. Always spread around anything when it comes to media, and he thinks it's hilarious and it's super immature. But you can't help but laugh. And he's officially updated his list of members. Of family members and friends flying to Minnesota for the Super Bowl, he had to 
put an itinerary just like every players do, and he's invited exactly 69 members, uh, collective of his family and friends, and it's not a joke, and he did it on purpose. And I think it. I I think it's hilarious. I want to hear from you guys. Hilarious or immature? Based off of that, it's pretty clear that his mind's working well. That's Rob Gronkowski's brain at its best. Hilarious um, or immature? Yeah, it's it's Gronk being Gronk. I mean, it's what, it's both. It's here. hilarious and immature. But why can't why can't he be he both? Can. He's he Rob Gronkowski. If anyone can, it's Rob Gronkowski. He's Gronk. I remember he's, he's not parading himself to be like the role models your children. When, so when he either he either set the Patriots all-time touchdown reception record or tied it. I think he set it with it 68, and they asked, what does that mean to you? And he goes, it just means I'm one away from 69, and then he has this wrong ha-ha laugh. <laughs> His little smirk. But let's uh, move on to our last portion of the Twitter segment that's been extremely enjoyable for our first one. Uh, it's this quick throwback Thursday portion for us. We got two different points for here. It is Thursday that we are recording this, so we're going to throw a quick throwback throwback in here we got cleveland browns coach bill belichick 1994 on the ad for starter the sporting sporting apparel company go look on our twitter if you want to see the actual picture it's a picture of bill looking as serious as ever in a browns hat and a cleveland browns jacket and it says what do you need to be the best and he's quoted saying everything you've got it's up to you so, just a long way from 1994 coaching the Cleveland Browns to now being in his, I believe it's eight Super Bowl appearances in 16 years, if I'm correct. I believe it's eight and 16. Yeah. So, that is a continued success. And for him to have been the Browns, for him to have been the Browns coach to begin with, that's. Funny if you weren't around watching the you know football in 1994, but definitely go take a look at our Twitter. Go look at this picture for yourself because it's funny to see the difference. He's not wearing his cut-off hoodie tank top that he's created and really patented in New England. He's wearing a full jacket for the Browns. I think it's really funny to see that. Uh, we're going to move on to our last portion of our th- uh, Throwback Thursday this day in stats, in 2009, on this exact date, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Arizona Cardinals 27-23 to to become the first team with six Super Bowl wins in franchise history. I remember this game myself. I was at a pizzeria with my dad in our hometown of Moore Park. I watched this myself. We actually, our TV went out at our place, <laughs> so we walked down to get a slice of pizza and watch the game there. And I remember it was that super exciting uh, catch from Santonio Holmes. Holmes, So Right after Fitzgerald went down on a long touchdown reception. It seemed like the Steelers weren't going to win this game, and it was going to be the Cardinals. And I actually went to college in Arizona. So funny enough, I uh, actually met Larry Fitzgerald and some of the other Cardinals players since I used to work at this restaurant back in the day that they all would come into. And... I remember one time a coworker of mine actually went and said something about this game, and Fitzgerald really didn't like it too too much. I just thought that was a funny story I wanted to share for this one. But yeah, definitely remember Santonio Holmes with those with that toe tap and that Super Bowl win for them. So good, just a nice end to our Throwback Thursday edition. Uh, since we, of course, we are conveniently starting on a Thursday. But yeah, just with the Super Bowl coming up, wanted to bring up the Steelers win against the Cardinals and how exciting that was, and the fact they were the first team with six Super Bowl wins in franchise history. That's a huge deal. And I'm uh Yeah, yeah. So thank you for 
that Twitter segment here. I know we just started today, launched earlier this morning, and uh, we've been having a lot of fun on Twitter with you guys, just like we always do with NBA Unwrapped, but now we're having fun with NFL Unwrapped as well. That was all within eight hours, so imagine how much yeah. we're going to be all, all over it always. If you're just getting with it with us, we're all over the place all the time, giving you fun things, informative things. Take a look at our Twitter and go follow it. Um, if you're not going to be disappointed. Eight hours and we had an entire Twitter segment, so that was fun. Yeah, and we got polls that we'll be posting as well, but let's move on to talk about, obviously, what most people are talking about right now, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis going to be played on Sunday night, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific kickoff. Um, Just some things to keep in mind. I know the Patriots are favored for the game, I believe. Last time I checked, it was four or four and a half points, depending on which which sports book you're looking at. Um, Just a few quick factoids on the Eagles, um, since a lot of people seem to be talking about the Patriots. So, in these playoffs, the Eagles are averaging six yards per play on run-pass options, and they're also very balanced with 16 passes and 15 rushes, so just look out for them in the Super Bowl to be running quite a few RPOs, and when they do, I'm sure Belichick has a scheme for that, but they've been successful so far. I mean, you're looking at the Vikings' defense last week, which was one of the best in the league, if not the best behind the Jaguars, and he absolutely, Nick Foles, is he absolutely tore them up. So when it comes to run-pass options, they've found a way to balance their playbook perfectly, and Nick Foles is their backup quarterback, and he's playing like an all-star right now. And well, he's, he's their starter right now, but well, yeah, right, normally, but normally their backup, and he's yeah. able to, he tore up that defense last week. The Patriots' defense is nothing like the Vikings' defense, so clearly they figured it out last week. We'll see if they can continue to do so this week. Yeah, and speaking of Foles, he actually has, well, Tom Brady has more passing yards and wins just in the postseason than Nick Foles does in his entire career. So I thought that was a very fun stat, just showing how much... We all know Tom Brady is incredible. The numbers he puts up are just... They're almost video game-ish. Um, but I mean, also, yeah. more more on Foles, just his receivers that he'll be looking for. So Malcolm Butler, who is arguably the Patriots' top corner, either him or Stephon Gilmore. Um, Malcolm Butler is going to be matched up a lot with Alshon Jeffrey on the Eagles. They have matched up against each other only one time previously. That was in 2014 when Alshon Jeffrey was a member of the Chicago Bears. In that matchup, Alshon Jeffrey had five receptions on eight targets for 59 yards and a touchdown. The Patriots won that game 51-23. Doesn't really matter too much. I mean, that was the Bears, not the Eagles. Um, and then also Foles' other top receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Expect Foles to be looking for him a lot on Sunday. Aguilar had eight touchdowns out of the slot this year, and quarterbacks that throw to that threw to him, so Carson Wentz and Nick Foles combined, had a 114.2 passer rating when targeting him. Both of those numbers, the touchdowns out of the slot and passer rating, were the highest in the NFL of any wide receiver. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, Foles is going to be looking for him a lot. Um other than that, just some quick notes about the roster construction for the Eagles. So the first four picks for the Eagles in the 2012 draft, that's defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, linebacker Michael Kendricks, defensive end Vinnie Curry, and quarterback Nick Foles. All four of them are going to be starting for the Eagles in Super Bowl 52. So that just talks a little bit about how important it is to be able to build through the draft, but also just the ability to adapt and adjust very quickly. 
13 of the Eagles' other 18 starters, so not including the four in the 2012, first four picks in the 2012 draft for them. The 13 of the other 18 starters arrived in Philadelphia since Howie Roseman, their vice president of football operations, regained control of football operations in 2016, so just two years ago. Previously to 2016, Roseman was the GM of the Eagles, but he did not have control of football operations as that was held by then head coach Chip Kelly. Who completely ran that team into the ground. So it shows that you know, 13 of the 18 starters have arrived in Philly since Roseman regained control. There was a complete rebuild after Chip Kelly. And just like uh, Corbin and I were speaking about earlier, they completely sold a lot of high talent on that team that are succeeding elsewhere. LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, players like that who Jeremy Macklin, Macklin, very high profile players, but they needed to clean the slate and restart. And you can see And Nick Foles actually ended up coming back. They traded him for Bradford and uh I mean, you have to just see how they completely tore that team apart and re-added all new pieces, and now it's their back. So pretty much it was a completely new team with the exception of, you know, pretty much those four first picks of the 2012 draft. Other than five others. uh, Five others, but besides that, that's a completely... Over half the roster in the past two years. Yeah, 60-70% of the roster. Right, exactly. So that shows how a good rebuild will do for your team, getting the right people in the right spots in your front office makes a huge difference. You're in, And it's not just that. It shows that this team has depth as well. They brought Nick Foles back. But Carson Wentz was having an MVP caliber season, leading this team to the best record in the NFL and the clear Super Bowl path with no one stopping them. And he went down, and it seemed like this season was over, and it really was a Oakland Raiders-esque kind of end of the season when Derek Carr went down and everyone expected them to make that playoff run, not this, last, not this year, but last yeah, year. Absolutely. And so... Uh, it just shows how the next man up mentality has really stepped up for them in their depth because Carson Wentz went down and Foles has been playing very well and winning them games. And it's not just Foles' production. It's everybody else's production has taken a spike upwards since he's went down, stepping up across the board. Good coaching. Uh, I know their coach, Doug Peterson's a player's coach, and he's bringing in Brett Favre to speak to them. Uh, before the play, before the Super Bowl because he did back up Brett Favre for many years in his career. So just the team wants to win for him. He wants the team to win. He just It's just a very good matchup for them coming from Chip Kelly who really ruined that team culture. So it's just a testament to the coach, their rebuild, and their depth on that team. And it, it, anything's possible. You're playing the Patriots this year who, of course, are the complete opposite or a team that has stayed consistent and added players on top of the plan that they already had set in place for so many years now. And the coaching staff has stayed the same. So it's such an opposite approach. But the Eagles have done everything they can to put themselves in that position. And now they're back in the Super Bowl. So congrats to uh, Philly and their rebuild. That says yeah. a lot with those numbers. Christian, what about you? What are your initial takes going into the Super Bowl with the Eagles? Um, I don't think it's as futile as people uh, make it seem like uh, people are just assuming that the Patriots are going to win this and I think that uh, like you said, like Nick, the the way that they've drafted, um, the depth that they have on their team, it's it's not anywhere close to being uh, the Patriots sealed this deal. I really wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles win this um, win this game but uh, the quick turnaround after Chip Kelly really is a testament to the new people they've gone in general management and um, allowing to make picks on the team, I think that the Eagles will be 
the the team to beat in the coming years if they can make it this far with Nick Foles. Um, imagine Carson Wentz. Um, if Carson and uh, we had talked about this earlier, I believe if Carson Wentz was healthy and never got injured, the Eagles would be the ones with the uh, would be favored to win this game uh, over the Patriots. Perry, I think you, the it would be the Eagles minus two and a half. Wow. Perry, you agree with that? You uh, think no, I think healthy? as long as Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Patriots and Bill Belichick's the, their coach, they're not ever going to have I'm never going to doubt them and I think they're going to win every single time if they don't it's a huge surprise to me I know Tom Brady's 40 but he's playing at an all-time level he's not going to stop it looks like he's going to play till he's 60 at this point Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick and they still have their formula down they're going to win this game because they still have them and that's just it wins or not but with Foles it's not even a question to me Patriots are winning this game but I'm not going to knock the Eagles because they do have an extremely scrappy defense and a very good team even with Foles at center. They can beat them. So I'm not going to say this is the Patriots 100%, but I think this is a Patriots given to me pretty much with the fact if but we're talking about when they had Wentz, it would have been a lot closer of a game, but I'm still going to give it to Tom Brady who's going to just beat you out in the fourth quarter find a way to come back. It's, it's Tom Brady. I think that if Wentz, I I agree that even with Foles, it's not just a given for the Patriots. There's that certain level of un, unknown. Only having Foles play have played what four or five games for the Eagles this year. Yes, you can look at past tape when he was on the Eagles before or the Rams, but those are different coaches, and with the Rams, a completely different team. Patriots don't have nearly as much film as you normally do going into Super Bowl to study of the opposing quarterback. Um, as long as Bill Belichick is the head coach and Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Patriots, no matter what their matchup is in the Super Bowl, I don't see Vegas favoring the other team because spreads are designed to have even betting on either side. Vegas makes bets where no matter what, when people bet, it's like a minus 110, which means if you put in a $5 bet, you're going to get about $4.50, $4.55 back. So Vegas's objective with these lines is to make even betting on either side so that no matter who wins, Vegas wins because they collect more money than they give out. Um, so from that perspective, no, I don't think that if Wentz was healthy that the Patriots would have been an underdog. I think the Eagles still would have been an underdog, but probably only by maybe a point instead of the four, four and a half that it is. Um, if Wentz was healthy, that's different than asking me if Wentz was healthy, do I think the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl? But still, I think that the Patriots would have won the Super Bowl. Right. I um, mean, the Patriots are going to win this year no matter what. It was completely written that way. It always is written that way. When it's not written that way, it's written for someone else, like the Giants with their storybook run to beat the Patriots on a perfect season. Yeah, I mean, that's it's not, always, that's not it's, written. That's it's always written. It is written. It does, it's that's the comeback. Written by who? That's the comeback story to come and, you know, take down the number one team and not have them have that completely perfect season. Everything is everything is written. I'm telling you right now. I mean, now, that, that story is coming. If it's not this year, it's going to be... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the year that the Patriots don't make the playoffs and then they dismantled this team because Brady's too old and Belichick's lost their control of the team. You know, uh, I mean, you know exactly. you haven't noticed, that team has been already dismantled. No, so it's, it's, not disma- it's, dismantled that team. it's not dismantled at all. I don't. I, we have different definitions uh, for dismantled. Um, 
the they, two uh, the two coordinators. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they have two. Yeah, they have two different two, two different backup quarterbacks for sure. But they don't need a backup quarterback when they are confident in their starting quarterback. And I understand that. That, but that shows to me that they're confident that Brady's going to play past this year at a high level, or else he wouldn't have traded both quarterbacks who could have potentially taken over for the future. To me, that shows that they're confident that they at least have one more year past this year of Tom Brady playing at this high of a level. And I think you both can agree about that because that was shown when they got rid of Garoppolo and Brissett. Um, I don't think that shows that at all. I mean, I agree with you that he can play at a high level for one more year, but that is Bill Belichick cleaning house for his immediate retire. I don't think that... His immediate retire. What, what's show? cleaning house for retire? What does that even mean? He's not going to strip this team and then what retire What does that mean? If you haven't noticed, Bill Belichick has been setting the stage for his retirement. When has he ever prepped his offensive and defensive coordinator to take jobs to other places? It was exactly about six or seven. It was exactly about six or seven years ago when the exact same thing happened. When they never six seven years ago, he never helped them interview. If you want, he told them if you want to go get your own job, you do it. He never coached them up to interview. This is the only time he's done that. No, he sold Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick. And then Jacoby Brissett for peanuts in a Skittles packet. No. He has set the stage for him to leave. Okay, so I'm bringing up this really quick. Spooky coincidences between the 2001, 2004, and the 2014, 2017 Patriots run. First off, we're just going to focus extremely on the head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator changes. Their offensive offensive and defensive coordinator both left those years. Romeo Cronell and their offensive coordinator both left. And this same exact thing is happening this year. Belichick already went through this. They won the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Uh, and let's see, complete three out of four championship run. Both the offensive and defensive coordinators leave the team for head coaching jobs. Justin Timberlake performs at halftime. Eagles beat the Vikings and the Falcons on the way to the Super Bowl. Same exact thing happened this year. Eagles beat the Vikings and the Falcons on their way back to the Super Bowl. Both of their offensive and defensive coordinators are going to leave. And Justin Timberlake is playing at the Super Bowl again. So this has been written before. It is written again. This has happened. (laughs) That's it. That was the mic dropping unwrapped fans. <laughs> oh, Christian, I wish you could have seen Perry's head bobbing up and down while he's saying this stuff and his hair just bouncing with it. Oh, my God. I was trying to hold back laughter. Um, that's, Perry, Perry just walked away. I think he's, he's done. He's done. Mic dropped. He's gone. Um, well, there you have it. First episode, and we got one mic drop already. going over 9-11 conspiracies again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's coming back now. He's coming back. Let me me ask you guys this. We're back. We're back. Let me ask you guys this. So, Christian, you kind of already alluded to this. So, I'll start with Terry on this. Tom Brady's 40 years old right now. Bill Belichick just traded their two backup quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett, within the past year. How much longer can Tom Brady play at an elite level? Tom Brady said he wants to play for a long, long... Long time, many more years to come. Is he eventually just... And Christian, for you, because I know you said end of next year. So, Perry, I want to get your take on how much longer can he play at this level. And then for both of you guys, is it just all of a sudden a really steep decline? Or are we going to start to see signs of it before he starts to really decline? So I know Christian said he's got about one more year. I think he can play at this level for another two years tops i think christian has the right idea with and again we're talking playing at this level not 
how long can he play? How long can he Brett Favre? How can he put on a helmet? Right. Yeah, how long can he be Brett Favre and continue to wear Wrangler jeans on the field for commercial purposes? Yeah, but you know what I mean. So at that point, um, for him, I think it's going to be two more years and he'll be able to play at this level if he can stay healthy and nothing freakish happens. There's no serious concussion or anything like that. He can play like this for another two years, but after this year, you go in the draft and try and draft a backup or at least explore free agency to bring in a solid young backup besides someone like Brian Hoyer, who will never be the answer. You want to figure it out past. You want to do what the Chiefs did, which I know Christian liked so much what they did, moving up to pick Patrick Mahomes and now clearly moving on from Alex Smith after one full year. This could be what the Patriots could do, but obviously what Corbin was saying with him wanting to play many more years, he's going to play two or three more years at least. That's it. He wants to play more. Unless he gets injured, he's going to put in another two more years. It's just the question of how long can he play at this level. Is it What you just so, said is what Bill Belichick wanted to do. Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady this season and let Jimmy Garoppolo take the reins. And Robert Kraft said, From no. where? Where did you hear that Tom Brady was getting traded? Yes, I do. We not go over earlier that I have friends in the NFL. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, if so, Christian, if Christian okay. hears some secret thing that Tom no, Brady I mean, might have been traded, yeah, from like, someone, I mean, he has. I just Christian has sources in the so, NFL. Yes. So from, right. the, from the people on the inside the NFL, that is that is the rumor has been going around that the whole drama has been started when Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady, have Jimmy Garoppolo take the reins, and Robert Kraft and Tom Brady's relationship is like this, and he said no. Wow, if that, that if that's true, that's that's crazy. And that's why I believe all these. I uh, ever since I have heard that, ever since I was told that, all the little things that I see between the trainer, between to me, it's a big deal when Bill Belichick coaches them up for jobs. I mean, he did this at, just them. just like I said. He, it was reported that he did the exact same thing for Romeo Cornell and the offensive coordinator back. In that year too, he as well coached them up and as well sent them out to. Other teams with the resume of Bill Belichick sent me here. This is we played all these years, just like you said with um, Bill Belichick and Parcells. Just having so many of the coaches nowadays being lined, or their lineage being traced back to them. If you coach under Belichick and won all these Super Bowls, it's a given that your coordinators are going to get taken. It's just a matter that this is happening on the same year, and it's just scary coincidences between the last time that this happened, but. Belichick, it doesn't matter how old he is, he's old and he's still coaching and he can still go for another five or ten years if he really wants to. But Brady's the athlete and he's gonna be playing at this level. So it's just regardless of what you've what you've heard, Christian, or anything like that, Brady is only gonna be able to play at this level for so long. And you're now gonna have to look to a plan B. So in your mind, do you think they look to free agency for a back up for the future and is that this year just to have and start seasoning but i think seasoning would probably be more of a rookie so do you think they go for the uh, draft do they think they go for the draft yeah, or free I, agency i don't see free agency at all because when you're a free agent quarterback your your main question is going to be all right well how long is bill belichick going to be here because that's going to be what's going to sell the free agent on wanting to come to the patriots to sit behind tom brady because that's they're going to be in the under. If you're a free agent, you don't want to go start unless you're. Uh, they're going after a fringe QB one, QB two, who can kind of not start or could be a backup on a better team. So for free agent, I don't see that happening because they're going to want an answer on Bill Belichick that 
they're probably not going to get. So what they, it's what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. You take a guy, either the first round or the second round, you develop him behind Tom Brady, and then you let him play. And they and didn't get they, they didn't give Garoppolo away for a bag of peanuts either. They did get a second a round second pick. Round pick so. for a guy who hasn't lost the starting quarterback yeah. to well, me in relation. No, I mean I I totally agree. I mean Garoppolo is the real deal. He was show, he showed that in San Francisco so far, and he is going to be the quarterback for the 49ers for a very long time. And I think the Patriots really, I mean, you have to, you, at that point, you have to have some sort of feeling of regret when you look over to the Bay and you see them actually winning games. They ended with, I believe, six wins. It wasn't a bad end of the season. When you look at that, the, their season, it really wasn't that bad. It just started so awfully. And then the end of it was just a storybook ending and how every fan now is like, oh, Super Bowl next year. Just watch. No. They're th- I know I know that. But they're, of course not. But they're that confident because just like you said, Garoppolo doesn't lose. And I think they just showed that that's how he is now. Imagine with an entire offseason with the team. Imagine actually – seasoning within the system and he's going to be a scary 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 part of that team for a long time but moving back onto the topic tom brady you know brian hoyer is not going to be there for very long and they're you know, going to have to do what they had already done right right take your quarterback early and sit him. do you think they take them and take him in an early round or do you think would they do what they did previously and wait into later rounds and grab quarterbacks because I'm not well, sure exactly. Garoppolo, I believe Garoppolo is a second round pick. Was Garoppolo a second round pick? Yeah, I'll check but that right At now, that but. point, do you, I know the Patriots aren't known for their draft day heroics. I know sometimes they sometimes make a really good draft day out of nothing when they don't have a lot of high picks and sometimes don't even have a first rounder. But they have to figure this out past this year. And if they don't address it this offseason, they're going to have to do it next offseason. It's just a matter of how long Tom Brady can go. And if he goes down, you're kind of screwed, aren't you? Because, I mean, Brian Hoyer is not going to win you games. And it's not like Deion Lewis and all these other fill-in running backs are stars on their own. They're stars because they're playing in that offense behind Tom Brady. And it's just whoever gets handed the ball at that very moment to score. Yeah, I mean, That's why system, it's so hard to pick them in fantasy. Back. Deion Lewis, James White. They're perfect for the Patriots type Burkhead of system. Burkhead, too. Yeah, but in right. most most other offenses, they're not who you want they're as the They're not superstars. Yeah, they, exactly. And I mean, I, I, for me, it's just for Brady, you're going to compete at this level, yes, but do you think Brady's going to continue playing until, and just like Corbin asked, is it going to be an s- extreme decline or is it going to be a slow taper off and a sad kind of just – just you see Tom Brady slowly disintegrating into not the quarterback that he once was. Do you think that's yeah, going to happen, so, or do you think it's going to be more of like, so, wow, Brady just can't throw anymore? And when I say steep decline, I'm talking like Peyton Manning, his yeah, last year yeah, where just yeah. he needs you need to retire. This is kind of sad. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, Father Time is unwavering. Father Time has won every single match he's ever been up against, so it's going to happen. It's whether it's a sharp decline, like he's going to be at nothing at some point. So. Here's the thing that I was thinking about earlier. If Tom Brady gets his clock ringed by a 300-pound defensive lineman next year, he might even be thinking about retiring himself and all this, I'm going to play four more years. Well, that's what I said. Unless there's some crazy hit or some crazy concussion, like one hit can change an entire course of a career. Like, you know, as a past football player, I know you've probably seen plenty of your teammates go down. So for me, it's just you need to have someone there just in case. But are you willing to have a backup that won't win you games like Hoyer and trust that your team around him is as good as you think it is? Because in reality, it's not. It's Tom Brady and everybody else. 
And when you yeah. take Tom Brady out of there, there's no way that it you win these games the way that you win them and you dominate some of these games the way that you dominate them because it's just clearly Tom Brady. He makes Gronk the player that he is. He's given Deion Lewis and Burkhead and any pl- running back that's ever blunt to any of these players, given them all careers, revamped their careers, you know, anything like that, just because Brady's under center. So, but yeah. my, my question to you guys is, do you think when Brady starts to realize some de- decline in play, at some point there's going to be something, Does is he the kind of quarterback to do what Favre did and just continue to play until you physically cannot play anymore? Because I think that's the kind of competitive drive he has. Or is he the kind of player that looks after the team as in a big way and really kind of hangs up the gloves when it's the right time. And I'm going to ask Corbin his reaction on this one first. Yeah, so I think Brady is going to be very stubborn with this. And it's inevitable. At some point, if he plays long enough, yeah, he's going to decline. At first, he's going to be stubborn and he's going to think, okay, I'm going to be able to work past this. Maybe if it starts to happen mid-season where, I mean, he's going to be probably the first one to notice, hey, my fastball isn't, I'm not able to throw it as hard as I used to, or I'm not able to go downfield as accurately as I used to. And I think at first he's going to try to just work harder. He's legendary for the diet that he has, the work ethic that he has. And it's just that mentality that's going to drive him to try to beat it. But he's not going to be able to beat it. So I think if this were to happen in like the middle of a season, maybe by the end of the season, he might come to the realization that, look, I'm... 42, 43, or however old he'll be when this inevitably starts to happen. And I need to go because I think the worst thing for Brady, and I think this is something he definitely doesn't want to happen either, is for people to remember him going out as something that he never was before that last year. He doesn't want to be remembered. I mean, he doesn't want to be remembered as a quarterback, kind of like Peyton Manning. Yes, he won the Super Bowl his last year, but nobody wanted the ball in his hands. Yeah, exactly, Christian. So, I think once this does start to happen, yeah, he's gone. He's not going to keep trying to play through it. What do you think, Christian? I mean, okay, this is in my honest heart of all hearts. I see in two years, Bill Belichick is on a beach sipping pina coladas, (laughs) laughing at Tom Brady, throwing a limp dodgeball at defensive backs in the NFL. Because it's going to be a pissing contest of who taints whose legacy first. Is it going to be Tom Brady dips out first and then Bill has to deal with some 22-year-old that he has to develop? And he could have already had Jimmy Garoppolo and could have been doing this already, which is what he wanted to do. And I just see if it's a pissing it, who's going to do it first? Is Brady going to be the one to nod out and let Bill do the rebuild? Or what I think is going to happen, and Bill is going to win this year and possibly next year and go, you know what? I'm going to back out now. And watch how shitty Tom Brady does without me. Because what that does is solidify and validate the legacy of Bill Belichick. That, that whole time, even though we can, you will get the excuse of Father Time, maybe Brady's playing worse because of Father Time. But if he's playing really well at the end of 2018, and Bill Belichick dips out in the, in the, in the start of the 2019 season, Tom Brady is useless. That is going to validate that Bill Belichick really was that his mind had elevated that franchise for all those years. And it really was Bill Belichick more than Tom Brady just being the GOAT. It was Bill. And I think in his mind, he knows that. And Bill's on the way out. Bill has set the stage to prove himself right and to validate his legacy as one of the best, if not the best coach ever. Let me ask you guys this. Who do you have more confidence in without the other? Do you have more confidence 
in Brady leading the Patriots to, let's say, to another Super Bowl, saying Brady doesn't decline and he's still at the same level that he's playing right now or same capabilities that he has right now, are you more confident if next year Brady is on the team and Belichick isn't or if Belichick is the coach and Brady is not on the team? Not saying either one of these is going to happen, but just theoretically, who are you more confident in? You have in? more confidence in Brady. No, you have more confidence. No, no, no. Not, there's no short-term or long-term. He's asking about the year after one of them leaves. Let's say, let's say this. More next year, if the, to, if to the Patriots had Garoppolo instead of Tom Brady. I know. I have more confidence in Brady. No, I have more confidence in Brady. You're talking about that year. You're not talking about for the future. You're talking about are they going to go back to the Super Bowl that year? Who do you have more confidence in, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? I'm talking about the football player, not the coach. The man that who's going to go out there and complete those passes that Bill Belichick methodically set out to play. Like I'm talking about Tom Brady because at that point you're going to put out Garoppolo, who does win. Let's not give him any discredit whatsoever. But he's not the veteran Super Bowl quarterback that you have. And regardless of how great your coach is, he's not Tom Brady. And we're not even going to get close to a comparison right now because I think Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. And I think both of you can agree or at least yeah, have a debate with me about this. I don't this. think it's even he's yeah. the most winningest I mean, quarterback. Best legacy. Okay, what, whatever, legacy. whatever you guys want to call it, he's top three best football players, best quarterbacks of all time. So, sure. and at that point, he's not going to not be that player. We're ta- you said if he doesn't decline in skill whatsoever, and this is the next yeah. year, he's the same Tom Brady. He's going to go out there and play like the same Tom Brady. If you don't have that same Tom Brady, I don't care how great a play is Bill Belichick and make his new offensive coordinator play up or if he goes and takes the offensive calls for himself and he takes over as offensive coordinator you still don't have Tom Brady but, out there so I'm going to have to have more confidence in the in the man who's won you all these games I'm not going to say that Belichick isn't the, the brain behind it because he is but I'm talking about the player who makes it happen on the field and you both but, have to agree that you can't guarantee to duplicate the same results Harry, that Brady has. Harry, I think you're undervaluing what Bill Belichick brings to the Patriots and you said Tom Brady, if he doesn't decline in his skills, is going to go out and play like Tom Brady next year. Well, if he doesn't have Bill Belichick, and if he has, let's just say, a league average coach, no, he's not going to be playing the same way that we're used to seeing him playing. Coaches make... You asked me who I had impact. more confidence in, though. And at that yes. point, you're talking about Bill Belichick with any quarterback I'm saying besides Belichick, Tom Brady. Belichick with I don't Garoppolo? Say, Belichick with Garoppolo? Yeah, and it sounds maybe, like Christian's going maybe, to agree with maybe, me. Maybe, maybe, No, maybe completely, but I don't think that wins them a Super Bowl. You're saying, just like Christian said at first, short-term, long-term, we're going to talk about that. Long-term, Garoppolo and Belichick all the way. They're going to win Super Bowls for years to come and right off in the sunset together, just like him and Brady did. It's just... You're talking about maybe, next maybe, year. Maybe 60-40, though. It's not as extreme as you would think it is. You're just talking next year, and I'm talking about who can go out and win you those football games and who can only coach so far. Maybe. Because someone can only coach so far. You can go out and make those plays if your coach is not there or not. But if you're the coach, you can't go jump on, drop the clipboard, and go out there and play as much as you want to. You yes. can't. And we kind of saw that in – the uh, 08 season when Brady was out for just about the entire year, they had Matt Castle starting. They went 11-5, and five, which was pretty incredible when you right. think about it. They didn't have an offseason to prepare with it Matt Castle. In Castle's career, he went and yeah. signed some big contracts. He was, I believe he was an all-pro that year, and then he did nothing the rest of his right. career. He I think he's money. still, he's the backup in Tennessee behind Marcus Mariota. He is the backup um, in Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give the edge to Brady, but 
it's closer. I agree with you, Christian. It's closer than Perry. You're making it out to believe, at least in my yeah, opinion. You just asked me who I had more confidence in. I don't think it's there's. I know, a but just, just the way the way the, the way you're talking about it, though, it just sounds like it's like oh, this isn't even. I'm much just of a talking question. football. Like you play football, you can coach so far, but if you don't have that quarterback, you're not going to be in the championship year in and year out. The only reason why they've been in the championship year in and year out is because of the formula they have. I would agree with the, you with most positions outside of quarterback. That, that coach has that influence, but you talk about, well, he can't throw the ball, but he can also call the right play that can get a wide open man, and any one of us can hit a guy extremely wide open. But Brady, Brady just does things that other quarterbacks have never been able to do in the history of football, and he just is able to win games for you in a way that no other player has able, ever been able to win games. Yeah, and of course, Belichick is a huge... It's not like he's shrugging off six guys and rolling out, across. Yeah. When I watch games from him sometimes, I have my mouth open and it's on the floor and I'm saying, how the frick is this dude doing this right now? Like, yeah, there's no... Six of six passes for 100 yards. That's insane. But it's not like he's physically changing the game with the course of his skill. He goes, he goes in... Yeah, Christian, I'll let you finish. Yeah, he sits in the pocket. Bill Belichick calls the play. He says, these are the two people are going to be wide open and Tom Brady hits it. It's not he's breaking these plays down. It's not his ability to extend plays. It's his ability to go one, two, check down. That's what that's why Bill Belichick played such an important part. Because if it was Tom Brady throwing these eloquent passes, it's not. He's throwing to open guys, he's throwing to guys that have a release on receivers. So when you talk about do I want Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo, to hit a wide open guy or to hit a guy who is who is on the hot route of that play, it Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, like it when you have Bill Belichick at a position that's a heads-up position, I want the well, best first head off, coach he's of not, all time. He's not the offensive or defensive coordinator, so he's not the one drawing up these plays first off. Second off, he's, he's, he is going to go approve the plays, but his offensive coordinators have been so good that they constantly leave to go become head coaches because that's just what happens with Bill Belichick, he delegates. It's not like he's the one that's like, I know this defense. This is exactly what you're going to do. That's the offensive coordinator at that point. All I'm saying is it's going to go both ways because of how crappy the players are around Tom Brady and the Patriots all of the time, always, anywhere else but New England. You put a quarterback or you put a running back anywhere else and they're awful. You put them in New England. Somehow that they're they're debatably all pro second team that year or they somehow step up and they're the fourth string on that team and then they're the starter in the Super Bowl. It's just what happens. And that's obviously can be... you. Can argue it's because they're coaching or they're players. Either way, all I know is that Tom Brady hasn't had a number one receiver in an extremely long time. His number one receivers have been slot receivers. He and that he's made their careers. He's made Wes Welker's career. He made Amendola. He's made any of these players Edelman, right now. Edelman, Edelman yeah. guys. It's we're not like this guy's had a Megatron next to him or you know Terrell Owens like we I mean, spoke Randy of. Moss, Randy Moss went for, for two, barely. Yeah, barely. He went over there and that was the end of his career. But it's not like Brady's ever had a, oh. a receiver who's made him better. Brady's but, always had to figure it out with everyone around him. And he's made Gronk's career. And I'm not going to uh, say Gronk, anything about Gronk. Yeah. But who knows how good Gronk would be anywhere else besides New England. He'd still be. He'd still be awesome. But you don't know he would be the best tight end in the league. 99 overall Madden. Who knows if he'd be the best tight end in the league still. <laughs> I would say probably, 99 overall Madden, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, 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 all I'm like, saying is that Tom Brady is the reason why they've won all these championships. And Bill Belichick is too. But if you're going to look at next, next year and talk about who you're going to have more confidence in, you got to have who can actually go win those football games for you. You can coach up as much as you want, but Tom Brady 
doesn't lose. No matter how crappy his team is, he doesn't lose because he's on it, and that's playing. And that's what I mean, don't, don't say that around Eli Manning, though. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> say that around Eli. Yeah, All I mean, right. that was okay. a second. One more question for you guys before we move on. So let's switch gears, go back to the Eagles for a second. Nick Foles, starting quarterback for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Nobody thought that we would be saying that sentence in the middle of this year. Yeah, ever saying that sentence. Uh, Next year, you guys think Nick Foles is starting somewhere? Uh, Perry, I'll let you go first. Matt Castles, I think he goes and signs somewhere. Not to like a huge contract. I think he might actually sign like a chance contract to prove himself. Or he could just, I, I honestly, I don't really know. All I know is that he's going to get a chance next year, and I think he's going to blow it. Okay. Christian, what about you? Yeah, he'll, he'll do good enough to get him a paycheck somewhere else, but it's <laughs> you think he's, he's not going he's not going to turn his career around 360. He'll do well enough in the game to get him a job somewhere else. Yeah, he'll Matt he'll, he'll he'll Castle. So you guys both think yeah. he's going to be starting somewhere next year? At some, yeah. At some point, he'll start a game next year for sure. Yeah. I no, think, not for the Eagles. Yeah, no, not for the Eagles. Right. Unless something terrible no. happens with Wentz's rehab and they somehow bring him back. I think most likely, I'm not going to say 100% like you guys, I think the only way that he isn't starting somewhere next year is if he goes into the Super Bowl and just completely lays an egg and has a yeah, horrible absolutely. game. Right. Then yeah, people absolutely. start to... He did tear up the league's best or second best defense last last week, like or last yes. the last time they second played. Second best like defense nothing. on the second biggest stage in football. Like now, it was nothing. Is, now this is the biggest stage right. in football. This is where it's going to matter more than anything for him. But if he has a good game, then he's going to get overpaid somewhere. I think yeah. as yeah. long as he doesn't he, land, he's a journeyman quarterback. Somewhere. That's that's what he does. He goes team, yeah. Team, well, look, he tries at, to get look at like Mike. Best. Look at like Mike Glennon. He got himself a oh. nice paycheck this yeah, this offseason point. in Chicago, yeah. and he's not even the starter because they got a guy that lost they actually after, like, he got played. played. Yeah, he lost. He, he got, got played. played. Did he though? They told did, that no, man he's going to be the starter. But did he get played because he's sitting on the bench making a ton of money? Million a year. He's making a ton of money. You, too. you you get played not by your paycheck. You get played by the pretenses to which you were brought. He went to the Bears thinking he was going to be a starter. They told him he was going to be a starter. And then and they paid this man like a quasi-starter. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. So if a guy like that who didn't even have a very good season the year before that can go out and go get paid that kind of money, Nick Foles with the high-profile season or end of the season that he's having, someone will go spend some money on him. And he'll start this, the year somewhere as a starter. Who knows where, but he'll start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's not what the type of quarterback he is, is to be on the Eagles again next let's year. Do, right. uh, let's, let's do some... Uh, yeah, let's uh, move yeah. on to the next topic still. We'll stay with Foles for a second, though, but switching gears kind of to some Super Bowl prop bets, just a few um, with players' stats over-under. So we'll start with Foles. Uh, passing yards for the Super Bowl for him. Vegas has the over-under at 250.5. Christian, I'll start with you. You're going over or under? Um, I'm going to go over. Okay. I think that this game is going to get a little bit dicey and that the offensive stats are going to get a little bit inflated. Okay. Um, I, okay, I totally agree. That, uh, I totally agree. I'm going to go over. I think Nick Foles throws two interceptions this game Some at some point in the game, but he ends up throwing three touchdowns and 300 yards. He puts up a really good game, but he does throw like two interceptions or maybe one interception. And he like has a really costly fumble on a sack. I see him making yeah. two, two big 
moves that really cost them the game. But really, when you look at his stats, he's going to put up near 300 yards for me. Yeah, I, no, agree. I agree. Also, with like you said earlier, Corbett, about the, the 15 runs and 16 passes in the RPOs, Bill Belichick is going to attack that right on. So them running the ball and them running uh, RPOs for a lot of people are, are short passes. You're not going to throw yeah. a long pass when your offensive line is selling a run. It's, you're not going to get the same kind of protection you get on a right. on a kick step drop back. So I think that Bill Belichick's going to throw a rock in that stream, and it's going to turn into a passing game. For Bill Belichick, to go at this game, is he's going to make – Nick Foles is going to have to beat us. That's what they're telling their team. They're not going to let J.H.I. beat them. No, I, tol- I totally agree. And, and when they're looking at film right now, they're saying, we need to make Nick Foles yes. beat us. And exactly. if Nick Foles can beat us, we'll, ca- we'll hang our hats to him, and that will be the end of our season. But we know that he's going to have a tough time playing us on this stage. Christian, how does – Bill Belichick attack that RPO? Is it press coverage on the outside and blitzing inside, or how, how does he do that? It's a couple things. It's uh, a culmination of bringing pressure off the edge. Um, I don't know how specifically he'll do it. How I would do it is with uh, like a zone blitz type Stephon concept. Stephon Gilmore, he's one of the best blitzing, he's one of the best pressure corners they have. Yeah, but you can't blitz, yes. your, you can't and, blitz your corner on a RPO because it's too quick of a right. read, right? Uh, I mean, um, it really depends. With he's, with he's Nick Can- with um, almost a Nick Cannon, <laughs> with Nick Foles' yeah. cannon, um, <laughs> they yeah. can play. They can play their guys closer to the ball. Like their safeties don't have, and their quarterbacks don't have to be set back. They can play every single person closer to the right. line. That's what I was so just saying. Yeah. So yeah, um, basically Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. Don't let them get behind us and stop. RPOs. Oh, we have we have a uh, sorry to cut you off, Christian. We got some kind of breaking news potentially in the middle of uh, this episode. Bleacher Report sent out something asking if Brady already won the MVP. Someone's walking around the Patriots press conference with an MVP acceptance speech for Tom Brady. So, wow! Just something for you guys to digest. I mean, wow. is water uh, wet? We knew this was yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, it's kind of obvious. It was. Well, it was Wentz's. I mean, Todd Gurley. Was, Todd Gurley started to. Gurley definitely has has yeah. a point. He's been an offensive monster this year, and we all, uh, the two of us, live in LA. I know Christian's from there originally. He's living out in New Orleans right now. But we're in LA. We got to see the year that Gurley had and the year that the Rams had. Um, it was extremely exciting, but it was Wentz's MVP year. It was a clear, this is yours, and then he went yes. down, and it's who's the next highest-profile player with the stats to match. And it's just, just like you said, is water wet? So Tom Brady is just the clear choice for number two, but it's he. I think he even knows it wasn't his. It, it got lost. He didn't win it, you know? Uh, it's the Vince Young winning the Consolidation Heisman exactly. Award. It's, let's, it's uh, not your award. Let's yeah, move let's, on to... Uh, let's, well, let's, uh, I didn't get to do my oh, right, take no, for, let's, the let's over under, so, for the over-under. Let's look for the over-under. 250.5 passing yards over-under. Yeah. So I agree with both you guys. It's going to be over. Um, I'm kind of surprised that the line isn't a little bit higher just because so many people do think that the Eagles are going to lose, which means they're going to be down. And how do you come back from being down, you especially the ball, as right. the time starts to wind down? Yeah, you pass the ball. So I think later on in the game, if, like, I expect the Eagles are going to be down, they're going to look to Foles a little more to 
throw it, throw it downfield a little bit more. So yeah, I think definitely over 250.5 passing yards for him. Let's move on to the next one for Nick Foles. Touchdown passes. Vegas has his over under at 0.5. Okay, so that's extreme. I'll start this one off. That's extremely insulting how he's played this year. I know it's the Patriots, but it's not like they have this monster defense that's about a... It's been a pretty it, good defense. It's, it's been a pretty good defense, but the Vikings, were, of their pass the, Vikings, the Vikings were a better defense is all I'm saying. So... They, it's not like they are a scary defense that he hasn't faced before. I know this is the biggest stage, but you're not even going to project one touchdown for him. Yeah, give my man a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, give him one touchdown. I mean, this is kind of insulting to him. I'm going to go way over on this one. Just like I said before, I'm expecting about three touchdowns out of him and about two. Yeah, Corbin, who's taking that bet? No, I'm I'm taking about two or three touchdowns from him. And just like I said, two extremely costly interceptions or an interception and something else like that. But I, it's not like they're going to be winning most of the time either. It's going to be a good game. But Brady's going to put up a, a stat line that's insane. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that this yeah. is going to win this I game. I don't see Foles not throwing at least one. Just like we said, he's going to be playing from behind. He's going to be throwing a ton. I see upwards to 300 yards and two or three touchdowns for sure, and he's going to have a yeah. similar amount of turnovers as well, two or three. So. Christian, you asked who's taking this bet. Why? You want to place a bet on that over-under 0.5? Yeah, let's put some money on it, Corbin. <laughs> it's from uh, sportsbook.ag for anyone who's wondering. So if you like that line, go out and bet. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll put some money. Daddy, my direct deposit probably just hit my account right now. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm flush right now, boys. Let's All go. Right, so let's, uh, let's um, it's a oh, quick. Wait, yeah, um, I'm going to go over as well, I think. I don't see how he doesn't throw at least one touchdown yeah. pass. Patriots have a really good defense, especially right. they look – Terrible at the beginning of the year, but then around week four, week five, they started to really step it up. Since then, they've been one their, of the their best pass rush is still an abortion. Well, yeah. I want to get that. It's point From someone as yeah. an offensive lineman who watches offensive line play. It oh right. yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. two Not touchdowns. For him. Christian, really quickly, how many touchdowns does he throw? Uh, two. Okay. I think it's two. Right on the dot two. And then, but I see his stat line being two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, I, mean, I see that being seems, his stat line. It seems about right. All right. Well, that was going to be the next question. So, interceptions, you guys both said two. I was yeah. going to say two. I see all of these throws, Corbin, being one-on-ones. You're going to have to throw yeah. it up and make the other person. So, that's why I see more interceptions. But, like I said, I would, two is what I think. I wouldn't be surprised Three touchdowns, two interceptions, or two and two is the line. I see one of these interceptions being just an awful judgment read from Foles. Yeah. Just pressure in the face. And one being a 50-50 ball he loses. Just in the Super Bowl, pressure in the face, just throwing it into the zone, and just being it have to be extremely costly, and then another one being just probably wasn't his fault off a shoulder pad or just a one-on-one play that's deep. But I really see him, at least one interception being a a very bad one, and it's showing. But he's going to have a great game. Overall, I just see that inter- at least one of these interceptions really playing a big part. In I this think game. he's going to have a good game. I wouldn't say great, but you know what? I'm thinking about yeah. it a little bit more and just to be different from you guys. I'll say one interception instead of two. Eagles have a really good offensive okay. line. Um, even with Jason Peters injured, it's still a really good yeah. line. Uh, don't like, get me started. like you mentioned, Christian, um, the Patriots' pass rush is almost non-existent. Sometimes that's probably the weakest part of their entire team is their pass rush. Um, so, yeah, I'll say one interception for Foles. Yeah, when when James Harrison got by Cam Robinson that last game, I, I thought I had died, not an alternate <laughs> reality. 
James All Harrison, right. he's about to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so 39 years yeah, old. Congrats to James Harrison. Jumping arms, yeah. arms the size yeah. of tree trunks. He can, let's, yeah. he can bench like crazy. Yeah. Let's move let's on, move to, on to, to the next uh, prop bet. We got Tom Brady instead of Foles. Passing yards over under 297.5. So upwards to 300. 297.5. Christian, you say over. How over? Okay, and Corbin, what about you? Yeah, I'm going over too. Last year, he finished with what 400 something, something yards yeah, against the Falcons defense. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, and a Falcons defense that has Robert Alford, who is an alum from my school, Southeastern. <laughs> Got to shout it out right now. Quick shout out to Southeastern. Uh, Got and, and, and all of our listeners that do go to Southeastern as well. Shout out to you guys. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady, I'm gonna put my over on this one as well. I think it's going to be more along the lines of 340-ish. You know, yeah, still gonna, still I'd a crazy say, game. I'll say three. You know, I'll say 310. Yeah, I was going to say like three. I'll say 320 just because Patriots, they're going to be up and then maybe just killing clock, running the ball a little uh, bit more I think than it's normal. Be a really close but it game still might be check end. downs to the running back. I think Brady's so. going to win this game for them. That's how it's going to be at the end. And yeah. So touchdown passes over under. They've given him a ton of love. Three point five. So let's. Nick Foles was point five and Brady was three point so five. Three touchdowns. Three. three Shit, I'm gonna make two bets on this game, boys. Hold <laughs> on now. Those are pretty drastic numbers right there. So uh, we'll start with Corbin. Touchdown passes over under three point five. I'm gonna say under. I mean, this one. You look at it three point five and you just think that's a really big number. Tom Brady's done it before. And it wouldn't shock me if he does have four touchdown passes, but that just seems like way too much. Especially for that, that defense. The Eagles' yeah. defense is yeah, no Eagles got a really joke. good defense too. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go under. Um, I'll say he throws. I'll say he throws three touchdowns. Uh, That's what, what I think. I honestly think three touchdowns. I think we're all in agreement here. I think he's going to throw three touchdowns as well. I think he's going to actually run a touchdown in. Also, it's huh. going to be QB just sneak. A, it's going to be a dramatic QB sneak for Brady, or it's going to be a rollout and him just throw it and do his dramatic Brady yell. It's probably going to be a QB sneak, but I see him having four total touchdowns. But for the over under, I see him having three passing touchdowns. Okay. If Brady has a rushing touchdown, I'll cut my hair. And I haven't oh. cut my hair in like four years, okay. people, so oh, it's, it's very long. Right, so Brady, we can, we can put this on. We, can Brady put this, we will post this down. on Twitter live as he cuts his hair. I will cut Christian, it. Yeah. Christian, you need And I will be donating it to My hair will be donated. Okay, okay there we go. At least it be for a good cause. So yes. Brady, let's Let's Christian all root for Tom Brady yeah. to get that rushing touchdown because yeah. Christian, Giselle, if, if you're hearing seen this. Christian, he needs a haircut. Yeah, he's got the flow. Yeah, It's debatable. That's going to be our end debate how do you like Christian's flow? Yes or no? <laughs> let's, let's move uh, on to Tom Brady interceptions. So, Christian, I'll start with you on this one. Is he going to throw an interception? If so, how many? Uh, he'll throw one interception. Um, the Eagles' defense in general will get one turnover, and I think that's going to be an interception. I don't see um, Rex Burkhead or Deion Lewis fumbling the ball. Maybe Gronk if he thinks it's like a 40 and he drops there, tries to like crack it open and drink it. But the one turnover, if it's going to happen, is going to come through Tom Brady. On a, if it's more than one, it's because someone got hit and the ball got tipped in the air. One interception, maybe two, but definitely one. And it's they're they're not going to not turn the ball over against the Eagles defense. I I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, you said one total 
um, turnover for the Eagles defense. I'm going to say one interception for Brady as well. I'm going to agree. But I think they're going to come up with another turnover as well. It's you think be, a fumble? Yeah, it's going to be – It's rather. I think it's probably going to be something on uh, coverage, like a kickoff or something like okay, that. Okay, so you're yeah. calling the special teams. Yeah, I'm calling probably a special teams screw-up on the Eagles part. Just someone that just really crapped their pants on the big lights <laughs> at Super Bowl. Like um, okay. someone catching a fumble – or sorry, catching a punt or just not holding on to the ball when they're switching hands when they're running it back. But for me, it, it also could be – I know you said Deion Lewis or Burkhead not fumbling. I think the complete opposite. They easily can both fumble. I think they're going to get cut off the team if they fumble because you know how Belichick is. And well, they're going to be – Deion Lewis just lost See, the game. He had that fumble on that nice uh, – what was it, a double pass um, to Deion Lewis and then Miles Jack just completely ripped it from him after he got uh, like 40 yards. Yeah, so I mean I, I don't have a ton of uh, confidence in the Patriots receivers individually. I do as a whole, as a committee. I think that they have the right guys at the right time and they have a really good mix of how they use them in their offense. And there's three or four running backs that all can contribute. But I really think when you have three or four different players touching the ball in a game, it opens up the chance that one of them screws up or one of them doesn't have the same exact connection with Brady on a handoff or just gets hit the wrong way and gets just the lights knocked out and the ball falls out. And whatever it may be, this is the Super Bowl and you got players playing harder than they played in their entire season combined sometimes. This is their maybe their only chance to be in the Super Bowl for some of these players. So they're going to go all out. I don't see the ball flying up in the air just one time. You know what I mean? I see it popping up and some players going crazy for whatever circumstances at least twice for the Eagles defense. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'll say two interceptions for Brady. I'll wow. say I'll say one on just the his fault interception um, and then one interception where there's just pressure in his face and it ends up being a bad ball because of that or tipped. Um, and then, yeah, another interception because of that. Um, and also, I'll say on top of those two interceptions for Brady, I will say that there is also going to be a fumble in this game, whether yeah. it's uh, Brady being pressured in the pocket, strip sack, or um, maybe one of the running backs, like you were mentioning, yeah. Burkhead. There's just Lewis a lot of players touching, touching the ball. Even with those three fumbles, um, I mean, we'll get to our predictions, final score predictions in a little bit, but um, I'm still saying Patriots are going to win this game. Uh, let's move on to the running backs for each team, uh, just the top running back for each. So Jay Ajayi on the Eagles, we'll start with him first. Rushing yards over under 63.5. Perry? Uh, I'm going to go over. I think he's going to have a pretty good game. I think it's going to be more like 75 rushing yards, nothing special. That's what I was thinking, yeah, 70, not, 75. Yeah, he's not going to crack 100. It's going to be 75, maybe 80. And it's going to be because one of his runs is going to be like he ripped off a 30-yarder kind of thing or like a 35-yarder on just one breakdown in, in, uh, on the defense. He's going to rip off a big run and then constantly chip away, you know, about an average of 2.5 yards a carry for the rest of the game besides that one run, which will make it look better on paper. I think that's how it's going to be because they're going to adjust and they're going to try and run down the throats of this defense and they have to get smart because of Foles and how they have to – just like you said, the half and half with their offense, he's going to see the ball enough. They have Corey Clement, who's their third down back, and they've been trying to use him more. But Ajayi has played pretty well, and he's ripped off a couple big runs. He doesn't have home run speed to where he's going to beat everyone for a 70-yard run, but he's got enough to break off 30, 40-yard runs all day and then get caught up to. So I see one of those happening and him chipping away the rest. 
Christian, I agree with you. Christian, do you think so too? I I'm gonna go under on that. I think he's gonna have somewhere around 45, 50 yards. I think. Like we were talking about earlier, Bill Belichick is going to make Nick Foles beat him. He's going to take away the run and force them to throw the football. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Ajayi to find much running room. Um, I think the Eagles are going to try to go to him early, but as the game starts to wear on and they just don't get much. And again, the Eagles have more than just Ajayi. They got, like you mentioned, Corey Clement. They also got LeGarrette Blunt, former Patriot. yeah, I think 45, 50 yards is what Jai is going to end and, up with. And uh, just asking about if he's going to score a touchdown or not. Yeah, so rushing I, or I receiving. Think, I think it's going to be, like you just said, LeGarrette Blunt. I think he, the former Patriots, going to really have his way in this Super Bowl, and it's going to be a really cool thing to watch him score on his former team in the Super Bowl the next year. I think it's going to be a Jai who gets the majority of the workload, but Blunt ends up running a goal line. The red touch. zone carries. Yeah, I agree. He's going to take away the carries in the red zone and totally. pick up a touchdown. And I think it's just too good of a story to see him score against the Patriots yeah. for uh, yeah. Peterson not to make it happen. And Christian, do you agree with that? Yeah, now that I think about it, I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say he's going to be under on the yards, but I think he's going to get a touchdown carry. Okay. So I think he'll hover around 35, 40 yards, but he'll get uh, – He'll score from like the twelve yard line. It'll be a, it'll be a shotgun pass. They're gonna think it's a or it's gonna be a shotgun formation. They'll think it's a pass. He'll get a twelve yard little chip shot in the end zone. And then, uh, so De- the and then Deion Lewis uh, rushing yards over under fifty three point five. Under. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not gonna bet on a Patriots running back. I've learned my lesson with that. Yeah, so. it's hard to. I no. mean, you learn that with fantasy. Yeah, I'll, so, I completely. Yeah, agree. under. Always go under. I, I don't completely even care agree, Christian. I'm not. It's so hard to put a number on what Lewis is going to end up with rushing-wise because you never know if he's going to be in for most of the snaps or if they're going to put James White in, Rex Burkhead. Burkhead. So because of that, I can't go over for Lewis. I'm going to say under, and if I have to guess, I'll say he gets 35, I'll say 30 yards running. Most of what he does is off of just little checkdowns anyways or... I, I lock a lot of these numbers. I'm going to play some bets this weekend. This is going to be fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, so Christian, you said under... Yeah. So, yes, uh, Dion Lewis under. Okay, um, for me, I'm going to say under as well, but I'm going to give him a little bit more love than you guys. I think it's going to be just barely under 45 or 50 yards. He's just going to hit around there. And for a touchdown, if I think he's going to score or not, I don't think Dion Lewis is going to see the end zone. I think it's going to be Gronkowski's going to see the end zone once or twice. It's going to be a random receiver for the Patriots, maybe Brady running it in, and I think it's going to be someone other than Deion Lewis under that running back committee, if that's James White or Burkhead, either one of them, I think, uh, probably Burkhead, I would say, is going to come up with a random got Mike Gillsley, too. They got Mike Gillsley, but he hasn't, he hasn't seen many yeah. snaps since he, uh, since the beginning of the since year. Since he had a very good yeah, since when, Perry when you, when you, yeah, when you thought that you had a fantasy football steal. Well, I mean, I ended up using him in a trade at some point anyways, and he definitely did help me for the first couple weeks, yeah. and it's fine. I was better than you both, but we'll talk about fantasy. We'll talk about fantasy at the end of the show, just for a little fun, light, uh, light-hearted talk. But, yeah, the, yeah, the Deion Lewis touchdowns, um, uh-huh. this is rushing or receiving. I'm going to go under just because, like we said, we don't know which running back is going to get most of the work. Yeah. I think that a running back will score a touchdown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's probably just, be like Burkhead. I don't yeah, think it's, it's just Lewis. you don't know who. So I'm saying one, maybe two touchdowns between the running backs, but still that's less. Yeah, you can't bet on one specifically. Work. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you remember that Brady is going to run in that uh, QB stick. <laughs> we, so can only that's hope. No. we can only hope. 
Christian's hair for, depends that's on for it. Christian. All right, so let's go cut. with a final score. I or was... Really, really quickly before we get to final score, I want to ask you guys, who is the most, not necessarily the best player on each team, but who is the most important player for each team's success in the Super Bowl? Oh, Christian? Brady or Belichick for the Patriots. That's easy. Okay. And then... Um, it would have to be Nick Foles just because he is the quarterback for the Eagles. Um, and like you said earlier, the Patriots are going to make Nick Foles beat them. So not because of how good he is, but just because he is going to be lining up at quarterback this Sunday, it's going to be Nick. It's going to be the quarterbacks for both teams. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be the quarterbacks for both teams. If anything, I'm thinking that Ajayi could be a difference maker in this game if he can find a way to – to break open this Patriots defense with any of these runs at all. Just like you said, their their uh, pass rush isn't the best. So if he can hurt what they're best at and really break off a, a big run or a big touchdown, that could be a difference maker. But I just, just like we said, I don't think it's going to be a, a running back today. I think it's going to be QB versus QB and yeah. a matter of if they can each win the game or not. Yeah, I just think yeah. with a giant... He's a very good running back, but there's only so much you can do when the defense is just predicated their entire game plan to stopping right, you. Right, but then again, talking to Christian, of course, him being a former D1 college football player and an offensive lineman, you got to starting give, left tackle. You got to give credit. You got to give credit <laughs> to these the, the linemen. You got to give credit to them and how well of a day they could have blocking. You just a guy could just be. He could be shuffling his way to the touchdown, but if the offensive line is blocking a certain way and just having their way with the defense, he can have a really good game. So it's it's really going to be on either one of the offensive lines too to really open up this running game. Especially it's it's not really for the Patriots because you got Brady regardless. For me, if it's not going to be a quarterback, just like I said, it's a Jai. I'm going to go back and change my answer to a Jai and the offensive okay. line because <laughs> the offensive line really is going to play a giant part in beating this. Patriots rush defense and opening, you are not holes, wrong. opening up holes for Ajayi. They're rather going to have their way with this Patriots defense, so they're not. It's that's going to be it. It's rather they're going to give the running back a chance to give him a, him a. They're going to give him a chance to win this game himself somehow and open up Nick Foles with the 50-50 offense. Or they're going to have to go all Nick Foles and Ajayi is not going to find any room to run anywhere. I'm I'm going to go a little different of an angle than you guys, especially with the Patriots. Obviously, Tom Brady is incredibly important to the Patriots. Without Tom Brady, there's no way that they win the Super Bowl. But how about Rob Gronkowski's health being the most important? Because yeah. I know he was cleared from those concussions, but... Um, they did I mean, it last year without him, I don't, I don't think. Last year? No, last year they had Gronk. Wasn't he injured all last year? No, that was, that was a few years ago. Um, they had him last year, but Gronk means just so much to that passing game. Obviously, Tom Brady would still be successful without him, but he is probably, he is the biggest mismatch in the NFL. Right. Um, and then on the Eagles side, I'm going to go with Nick Foles. I'm going to say his decision-making also, just not having, not trying to prove himself right away. There's going to be a time when the Eagles are down and he's going to have to make throws that he isn't comfortable doing normally. But right from the get-go, he can't just be so pumped up that he's thinking, I'm just going to go out here and try to throw all these deep balls like he was against the Vikings. Um, so, yeah, that's mine. And then I'll have just one more question for you guys. I know I said the last one was the last one, but one more question before we get to the final score. Besides Tom Brady, 
obviously the best player on the field on Sunday. Besides him, who is the best player on the field from either team? Um, Christian, I'll let you go first. So, so outside offense. Tom Brady for the Patriots, it's Rob Gronkowski. And then um, for the Eagles, it, in terms of overall skill, it might be Lane Johnson, the tackle. Um, could be Jay Ajayi. Uh, it's kind of hard to quantify, like, skill of an offensive lineman right. and skill of a running back. Um, you're gonna I'm going to go with my boy Lane. I don't know. You're going to go with Johnson. both of them over Fletcher Cox? Um, yeah, I really do. Especially okay. this year. Okay. Uh, Perry, what about you? Hmm. I mean, I know uh, Fletcher Cox is definitely up there, but I would say Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I've heard, I've seen reports in itself that Malcolm Jenkins is the leader of that defense by far. And in the uh, secondary room, he's just so intense. And when there's a rookie, he's the first person to coach them up and get them to speed. So I heard that he's really the captain on that defense. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Malcolm. Yeah. Leader doesn't always translate to the best player. Um I think he's the most important player on okay. that team okay. without, I, I without can, Carson Wentz. I can see that. Um, the Patriots, I don't think there's much question other than Brady. Yeah, it's Gronkowski. Right. Um, the Eagles is where it's a little more interesting, obviously. Like Christian mentioned with Lane Johnson, Jay Ajayi, you brought up. Even Jason Malcolm Peters, Jenkins. who's not playing. Well, I mean, he's not right? playing. But yeah, if he was. Um, yeah, he yeah so there's a lot of – I don't think there's one right answer to this one. Even um, Chris Long. No, not not Chris Long. Um, don't get me wrong; he's a good player, but no, I don't think he's in this yeah, discussion. He's um, okay. Yeah, i'll I'll go. His I'll brother's go with, much better. I'll go with Fletcher Cox on this. Um, Lane Johnson is a beast on the offensive line. Ajayi, I wouldn't have in this conversation, yeah. but I can see why Christian does have him in it. Um, I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox. He just eats offensive linemen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He is just a force inside. Yes. Um, and he is going to be disrupting the Patriots right from the get-go. I completely expect he is going to be number one most important thing on their game plan. Um, but he's going to have a big game. Uh, yeah, so I'll go with Fletcher Cox. All right, now let's move on to our final score predictions for this game. Perry, I'll let you start. What's the final score? Who's going to win? And who is the Super Bowl MVP? Um, Super Bowl MVP is going to be Tom Brady. Okay. Uh, the final score, and I'm going to write it down here so that we can look back on this. I'm going to have it be 38 to uh, 38 to 28. It's going to be my final score. It's going to be high scoring. So five touchdowns for the Patriots. Hopefully one of those five is a rushing touchdown for Brady. Right. Five touchdowns for the Patriots and a uh, field goal. Okay. Uh, Christian, what about you? I'm one touchdown smaller in each. I'm 31-21, Tom Brady, NFL MVP. Okay. You said 31-21? Yeah. All right. I'm writing that one down too. Hmm. And Corbin. Yeah. Final score. I mean, Patriots are going to win this. I'm going to go... I will go 30, 34 to 20. Ah, 34, that's a weird number. Oh, I mean, 
That's two thirty-five. No, it's 34, like, it's 34 is four touchdowns and two field and goals. Two field goals. Uh, okay. Um, mm, you know what? I'll go. Uh, wow, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go thirty-four to twenty. Twenty-three. The Eagles are gonna get two touchdowns and they'll pick up three field goals where they start to drive the ball, but Belichick's just not going to let them get in the okay. end zone. So they're all pretty close. They're all 30-something to 20-something. So we're all expecting a pretty high-scoring game and a lot of touchdowns thrown or ran in, of course. My final score, 38-28 to 28 for future references. Um, Christian's 31-21 uh, to 21 and Corbin's 34-23. to 23. Yes. Uh, okay, so. so those are our final score predictions. Those are our over-unders on all the major players playing <clears throat> for our prop bets. So we'll go take a look back on that after the Super Bowl's finished and see how close the Vegas was and how close we were on our predictions. Uh, so I got a question for uh, Christian, who does live in Louisiana, and I know that this might be a tough question for you to answer with how tense it probably was in that particular week. But I have a question. If the Saints were in the Super Bowl and he didn't miss that tackle, which they should be in the Super Bowl, they were debatably... Hold on now, hold on now. They would have barely beaten the Vikings. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. All I'm saying is this. If he would have made that tackle, they would have still had a chance. If the Saints were in the Super Bowl, are they favored over the Eagles? Oh, no, no. Over the, over if you wouldn't, if you over, 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 over the, the Patriots. Patriots, my fault. Sorry about that. No, because if you wouldn't favor the Eagles with Carson Wentz over the Patriots, I'm not going to favor a small, a, a small oh, Dust Bowl quarterback over. But Christian, Tom Brady. Christian, didn't you small say small Dust Bowl quarterback? You mean Drew Brees? Yes, I mean Drew Brees. Without that Wait, rushing what attack, what, he turned the passing game on one postseason <laughs> game. He to... might be the best statistical quarterback in the game right now. Say small statistics. I don't know. What was it? What small you, and what? What did you call him, Christian? He's a small little dust bowl. He's a <laughs> right, bowl. Well, he's a I, I think we're thinking of the two different. And he's from that region of the country. I think we're thinking of two different. But Christian, you said if you wouldn't favor Wentz, then why would you favor Breeze? If, you, if, if you, Wentz on the Eagles wouldn't give you a favor, no. Wentz didn't you Eagles. say? Didn't you say that Wentz would have you favored in the? Uh, yeah. So what I'm saying is, if you don't think that Wentz on the Eagles deserves uh, to be favored over the Patriots, why the hell would you say the Saints would be? Um, it wouldn't even be close. I like the Saints better than I like the Eagles. With and everyone who is in the hype teams is they have no, no, Drew no, Brees no, 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 and it makes no, no, me feel safe. No, their their defense is amazing and their offense is amazing and exciting and they're not team. amazing enough to beat the Vikings. Well, no, it was just the fact that their rookie safety completely whiffed on a tackle. So if he makes that tackle, they're in against the Vikings, and then the Vikings. Do they win or not? Who knows? But all we're saying is that the Saints were the favorites with the Vikings to beat the Patriots of all teams. And then the Saints lost on a fluke. So I was, I was just no. asking for mainly for our Louisiana audience as well if the Saints were a good enough team to put up a fight no. in the Super Bowl. All the Louisiana fans listening, stop <laughs> self-deluding yourself and stop. Just, just, just blanket out of your mind. You shouldn't have made the Super Bowl. You wouldn't have made the Super Bowl anyways. It's okay to be the fourth best team in the NFL. It's fine. You guys are 
much improved than you were last year. It's okay, but don't be bitter. Don't say, we should be there, because you shouldn't. You well, would have barely seen the Vikings. My, here's my bold And then they would have gotten their butts whooped by Nick Foles' awkward Napoleon Dynamite-looking face <laughs> the next week. All right, well, here's my prediction for next year. Saints are going to be in the Super Bowl next year. For whatever, no, I mean, I'm, this I'm whole state's a joke. No, no, no. All I'm saying is this: I see the defense they have, and they have the youngest team they in the really NFL defense, yeah. without Breeze, and the fact that they have Alvin Kamara, Ingram, who are the best running back duo in the league, Michael Thomas, and they're going to completely add to that receiving core as well. The offense is just as good as the defense. The defense is just as good as the offense, and they're young and they're exciting. So all I'm saying is that they're going to work on this year, continue to build because they didn't realize what an amazing draft they had with Ramzik, their offense, their, their uh, with their starting Ramchek. Yeah, Ryan Ramchek. Ryan Ramchek, however you uh, pronounce it, he played amazing this year. And of course, they had Marshawn in the Latimer in the uh, secondary, and they've had um, oh my god, their defense they, was they hit on their so the entire Alvin draft. They, Alvin Kamara was the best player to watch this season. Everyone enjoyed it so much. And to see him go down with the concussion at the end, of course, wasn't, you know, it, it showed that he was shooken a little bit in the playoff game. But he, oh, my God. And they're, they're making it next year, in my opinion. I, I really was hoping they were going to make it this year just because I was rooting for them because they were a really exciting team to watch. I am a Cowboys fan. They obviously you, didn't. You better it. hope that, that boy Carson Wentz don't hurt his knee again then. <laughs> yeah, they, mean, they ain't making it with Carson all, Wentz there. All I'm saying is the Saints, as long they have Breeze, who's not small and a dust bowl. He's insane. Because well, you're 5'11", you don't think he's small. His, his, no, no, no. It's, his <laughs> stats speak for themselves. I can whip up stats if you really want me to. But he throws for more passing yards than any quarterback in the entire league. And his stats are going to be up there with the top three active quarterbacks completely. So... All I'm saying so is, if you can go get a time machine and get Breeze. the Drew Breeze and when you back take, you take Breeze that. off that team, I like that team without Breeze. You add, you mm. put in a young quarterback. That's not Breeze isn't the part that I like about that team. It's everything else besides Breeze that I love about that team. Cam Jordan, all these players that really came out and played like they are a nasty, nasty defensive unit, and their offense is just as nasty too. So next season, New Orleans fans. Me, Perry, this is my prediction. I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Don't mark my words yet. Don't think they're going to win it. We'll He's see. He's pandering but like a politician. I really, no I really <laughs> think they're going to win. I really think they're going to make it into the Super Bowl. They have the most exciting team to watch in the NFL. Nah, Daddy Wentz is going to come around and teach you boys how real football is played. Even Wentz, they're not as exciting to watch as Kamara Well, and it's Ingram. not about excitement, I'm talking about excitement. All I said was exciting. I think they're going to make the Super Bowl next year because they yeah. have a young core that they're going to build on top of, and they – I could have made it this year easy, but I'm just saying they are the most exciting team to watch in the NFL right now. I think for, for my Saints fans, I have one thing to say. Instead of a broom y'all brought out after the win, you should have brought a snow shovel. Because that snow shovel would have helped y'all not lose to the Vikings next <laughs> you week. Should, so. You should have just made that tackle. and then they yeah. would have. <sighs> should have, would have, could have. <laughs> Yeah, no, did, did, you guys, did you guys exile him from that state? I, I wasn't quite sure because when I first oh saw Lord. it, I, I honestly was like, I, I'm, I'm fearful for this guy's life. It reminded or, me of if I'm playing Madden and I use the hit stick and I'm too yeah, far away. It, it, it was the hit stick. It was the hit stick. It was the hit stick. So someone's got to uh, teach him that you just wrap him up and then game's over, you move on. Yeah, you but just, between between the Eagles there. and the Saints next year, as it stands right now, the roster is currently assuming 
Breeze is back with the Saints. He's a free agent. Um, he's not going anywhere. I hope he takes as much cap space as he can afford. He's not going I'd pick the Saints over the Eagles. I'd pick the Saints over the Eagles. Well. I know Christian disagrees, but I'd go Saints over the Eagles. Christian, you look at how young – I know the Eagles are young. Wentz is great, too, but, but look at the team. Carson Wentz is a bad man. Uh, he so, is a – Bad man. He's not as good as Breeze right now. And and yes, he is. He's he getting there, but he's so young. Breeze is established. Breeze is one of the best quarterbacks to play. And that's what he's, I'm saying, Perry. If you can go get a time machine and bring him back, he hasn't skipped about- a beat. Breeze hasn't skipped a beat. He might even be playing he better than playing he was as playing. Well as Carson Wentz if he makes he that tackle, injured. Breeze is in the conversation to lead his team to a championship again. So there's no question with Breeze here. It's just teach your defensive backs how to tackle. That's or Breeze it. could have thrown two better passes beforehand, and they would have never been in a position. No, to do that. there's no way Breeze would have done this. Do not go back. If Breeze, no, Breeze would have scored the touchdown, they would have been in that position. No, all I'm saying if is, if you're you, a better player, your team you doesn't no come down to the last about. play. You have if no you idea have the ball and you're up a touchdown, you just take a knee and no, win. You that just means have you're no a better idea team. Talking about with Drew Breeze, and I'm surprised that you. I do. Better teams win games. The worst team Drew Breeze has a 96.7 career. Quarterback rating. And he's Four, at home no, no, let me finish this. Let me finish this. On his couch. Let me, on fi- his lazy let me finish this. 70,000 yards. Lazy 488 boy touchdowns. Okay. And 228 cool ranch. But we're not talking about career accomplishments. What did he do last year? I know he had a really good year, but. He lost. Um, looking- <laughs> no, I mean, you're looking at Williams. No, he, he didn't lose. He didn't lose. Is he not at home right now? All right, let's talk, about, let's talk about his stats right now. For last season, he started all 16 games, 11 and 5 Lost record, 72 <laughs> 72% completion percentage. Fourth, stop Christian, let me finish the stat line seriously. 72% completion percentage, 4334 yards. That's 4334 yards, 23 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. So that's an amazing year and you're talking about the fact that he's not even Part of the most exciting part of their offense that they have two, the best running back duo in the entire league. So don't screw on Breeze when he's still putting up numbers better than pretty much every quarterback in the league. And they have except a crazy for Carson Wentz, who he has to beat to get to the Super Bowl. Wentz doesn't have as good of a team around him. Not even half the team around him. And they mm. got lucky this year. For next year, oh, no, the Eagles, the Eagles got a pretty Shut good down. team. Around him. No, if make, if they make that tackle and they go head to head. You go Saints this year versus the Eagles. They go head to head. Saints beat them. That's it. That's it. If he makes that tackle, I don't. The Saints beat anybody this year except for the Patriots. To me, if Drew Brees plays a better game, they're up by one touchdown. They didn't come down. It was that one tackle sealed that entire game for them. That wasn't him that blew it. You bring up all these. What happened the whole first half? Saints had three points at halftime. Bro, no, I'm just saying it wasn't. It wasn't that. You look at the last play that literally was a walk-off win. The only time that's It would have happened. never came down to the last play if he was a better quarterback like Carson Wentz and he put his team in a position to not be Oh, man. I mean, Carson Wentz second. went down. He's not even the one that took this team to the Super Bowl. That's a testament to Foles. All I'm saying is don't call Breeze he a small. He couldn't take his team to the Super Bowl. He's the one that called Breeze a enough. small dust bowl. Look at his stats. Look at his numbers. Yes. Look at his Super Bowl. I'm, Look I'm at so everything. Look at everything. Breeze has had He's a career better than pretty much every quarterback, quarterback in the league right now. You know I'm right. If Corbin was, agrees. Corbin could agree. He's one. Of, he's had the one of the best established careers out of any quarterback in the league right now, and his numbers aren't taking any dip. And that's what you're saying. I'm saying currently in 2018, Drew Brees' Dust Bowl is not good <laughs> enough to lead his team to a Super Bowl, and that is 
is why he will be on a couch this weekend with all the other bitter saints. If <laughs> he made the tackle, well, you know what? Well, yeah, he, he, made, he makes the tackle. Better. I mean, you you guys are lucky that you have the best. You have one of the best quarterbacks to ever touch a football. He's won a Super Bowl. His stats are... Okay, well, we're talking about Drew Brees. You bring up all of his stats. We'll bring up the stat where if he threw 60 yards and three better completions... No, no, no I want to bring up the stat. If, if, if Williams makes a t- uh, one tackle, they literally are... So, like, hey, we're not talking about Williams. Williams is What did I just say? When they play the Eagles head-to-head, he wins. completes three more passes... If he completes three more passes for 20 yards or more, you don't even know you're the Saints about. win you the game. You don't even know what drive you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. Please play perfectly. If he's a better quarterback, he wins the game. You if you're a better you're player. All right. I bet you didn't even watch that game, Christian. <laughs> Perry, do you not understand that if you're a better player, that you're <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I bet you didn't even watch the game. game. All I'm saying is, Brees played as well as he could. You obviously don't know football. It's okay. It's okay. You're not as good as basketball. It's fine. Well, I just, what do you say? I don't know. I don't know. That was if stupid. If Drew Brees <laughs> completes six more passes throughout the course of the game, they win, and they don't come down to uh, if he makes a last you're second just play. Putting, right, you're let's... putting random stats out there. All I know is that if one man makes one tackle, they and win so the when game, is a when it. is a, a potential Nate one tackle man, stat? One tackle. That's it. Now we're moving on All to right, the look, next. Guys, we had a really good discussion on this one. We will send out a poll asking everyone who they think has a better chance of reaching the Super Bowl next year between the saints and the eagles one thing before we move on just wanted to hit on perry mentioning how drew Brees isn't even the most exciting part of the saints now you think about for pretty much his entire tenure with the saints he was the saints and now it's just they have so much more around him so i think that's what's so promising and that's the stuff you're talking about perry going forward all the young talent they have going around christian i understand your point too with the eagles they have a lot of talent surrounding Carson Wentz. And when he comes back next year, he had a really good year this year. This is only year two for him. He's going to be an MVP type year. year. Yes, MVP type year. 100%. So, yeah, let's move on. We'll let our uh, Twitter followers. Because was Drew Brees an MVP candidate? Because I don't think I heard his name in the MVP race. Let's let's move on and let our Twitter followers. I mean, when you have Kamara and and Ingram each putting up debatable. Those are some interesting excuses. I mean, you just put two players on your team had MVP years of their own, to be honest. So he barely had his chances. That that was the best offense in the league. Do you think he has a lazy boy big enough for an offensive lineman (laughs) or just like a little midget one for himself? Because that's my main question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, All I know is that his stats outplay pretty much every quarterback that's active right now besides Tom Brady. So... Tom Brady, all we know is he's the one that's in the Super Bowl this weekend. And, and according, <laughs> according to uh, Christian and Perry and Corbin, Brady's going to win this Super Bowl as well. So, All right, let's move on to the last topic we have for this podcast, just a short, fun one. Uh, Perry, I'll let you take it from here. It's a fantasy football talk. I know a lot of you guys probably played your own leagues of fantasy football, and we just wanted to wrap up our year of our first year doing our fantasy football league together. Um, I know Christian and I and Corbin, we all were part of a league that really fell apart at the last second for us with some personal issues within the league. And Christian and I actually pulled out of the league immediately um, with Corbin. And and Christian and I really were looking at a way to build our own uh, league immediately and have enough players to play. So Corbin, Christian, and I set out with, it was probably about a week, maybe two before the draft. And no, it was up. like three days, actually. Yeah, it was less yeah, than a week. Probably a week, week less. Yeah, so we filled up 
enough to play an eight-person league. We're trying to expand it to 10 to 12 next year. But it was an eight-man league, and we had two quarterbacks this year in each team, and we made it a little bit more interesting with the scoring that way because, you know, eight-man's never ideal. But we made it work, and it was so fun. And I wanted this just a testament to us for being able to put that together. But I just want to talk the year on fantasy football, joke around a bit, talk about who was decent last year, who wasn't, maybe who was your favorite person on your team for your fantasy. And if you had, if we're going to, when we're doing fantasy next year, if you had to have a repeat player, which I know Christian, you brought up a few times, which I don't know if we're going to do or not, but if you had to carry over one player, kind of who would it be? So just want to start with fantasy football. We're, we're not carrying over. No, I, we're not I, carrying, I need a whole we're makeover. We're not carrying over. I mean, <laughs> Corbin needs a complete and utter rebuild. But, you know, Christian and I were kind of towards the top the entire season. We were debatably one and two. It was super fun. And Corbin was last, like, all I was season. Not, no, I was second. <laughs> I was second to last. Corbin I was, was second to last. Seconds. Not last. I was second to last. Corbin. You finished. You went into the playoffs in the last place. No, Cor- I went into the playoffs in second to last place. Corbin and finished, finished in the was, playoffs. He was right in the there. Playoffs, he was hovering third over. Third to last. He was hovering so over. So I improved. Place. Wanted to say that he saved himself from utter humiliation with the Sacco, and we will try and bring on our Sacco winner himself <laughs> to make some sort yes. of speech kind of thing. Maybe next week we'll try and figure that one out for you guys. But. Um, I actually made the championship and lost. Um, Christian lost the round before that, and it didn't matter. Second place is first loser, so I lost, and I it was like a two hundred and fifty dollar pot to to my our boy Jiggy, who is in Arizona right now. So congrats to Jiggy for winning our fantasy football league. And next year's gonna be. How is it the dude that eats chalk wins the fantasy football <laughs> league? Like chalk? what the fuck? No, but. <laughs> It should have been me or Christian because we really deserve this year. But it, Jiggy, had, Jiggy had the best. Jiggy team. had a great team. Jiggy doesn't know how to replace a light bulb, but he beat me in fantasy football. <laughs> it's so okay. This is insane. Over it. So Jiggy, beat, both Jiggy beat us both. But I was the best team all year, and then I crumbled at the end. Uh, so. Jiggy's team was the yeah. really, team all year. No, I, really I want to make an official point. note on the podcast. Perry's girlfriend went from first place and fell to fifth place and missed the playoffs. So on yeah, another Q. thing. Another thing. Shout out to my girlfriend who actually does know a decent amount about football. And she did an amazing job. Yeah, she jumped into our league yeah, to did. to fill an eighth spot and really competed. She was she should have been the fourth seed and made the playoffs. She barely lost on a tiebreaker kind of thing. So for next year, she's she, like the Saints. I don't know if you guys ever watched. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever watched the league, but it was very um, Lady MacArthur kind of thing. Yeah, Kevin and Lady oh, MacArthur. Yeah. So. It was really cool for me, who I'm a big fan of that show, to feel like that was kind of me in person and to share this whole year with my girlfriend was actually way more fun than I expected and she was really good and it was a And big, beat Corbin. Yeah, she beat Corbin. She beat Corbin. She beat Christian too. Yeah, she beat she you beat too. Me. I'm she here beat, the she, second she, time. She beat all three she, of she us. She beat all three of us. So let's just talk about that. Let's all but I just want to ask Christian first if there's one player on your team that you're going to carry over into next year, if you can redraft, who is that one player going to be? It's Zeke because he owes me. That's the only reason. <laughs> Z- Zeke owes me, and we have an unspoken bond. And he he told me privately in my head when I slept that he, you know, I got you next year, Christian. So <laughs> Christian if you did. want to raise it up to three hundred dollars a person, I feel confident. <laughs> Christian did pull Zeke, I think, in the third round, which was a steal. Yeah, with his yeah I got stolen out of my hopes and dreams of winning. But uh, in the so, later part of the year, so Ezekiel Elliott's going to be who you pick next year if you have the chance to. Yeah, Dak's useless, and uh, Zeke's going to get hella carries. Corbin, so feed Zeke. Who's uh, who's Corbin's pick for next year? You know, this year, 
<laughs> this year, this your, year, your okay, the last, last two years, no, no, wait, wait, sorry. The last two years before, awesome. the last two years before this year, I made the Fake championship news. in the league that Fake I was news. in. This year just didn't go my way. I've been trying to forget this year. Honestly, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, because you did the kinder care, that's why. I don't remember most league. of my... <laughs> I don't remember most of my roster. I'm trying to forget them. I know I had Aaron Rodgers in a two quarterback Jordan Howard. And he, yeah, Jordan Howard, who played pretty well for me. Mike Evans, biggest disappointment in the world. Um, Aaron Rodgers getting injured. That, I mean, I was already in a bad place. Doug Martin. Made it worse. Doug Martin was horrible. I thought he'd play a little better when he was back from his suspension, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah, there's no one really on my roster. Maybe Jordan Howard, but I think I got him in the... First so apparently round, so Corbin not. tanked last year in hopes for a draft pick this year. No, there's probably someone, that, trust the process. someone that did well on my roster. I'm just forgetting. but Honestly, I'm going to say Corbin's answer. Adam Thielen or oh, Thielen. Yeah, yeah. You oh, yeah. That should like never it. started. <laughs> yeah, he barely started him all year. Let's talk about how he was I in the starting line. I started getting probably He was averaging like eight points. I mean, that's why you're seventh place. Yeah, but listen. So for me, I would... My what I want to say is Michael Thomas because I know I'm gonna draft him again next year. <laughs> he's just the number one for the Saints, and he's oh yeah, just, he's a beast. He's just if they're not gonna run it with Kamara and Ingram, I just see him continuing to grow. And he played really well at the end of the year. I really liked him because even when he wasn't scoring, he was putting up eight or nine receptions with like 70, 80 yards consistently every single game. So that was good. But for me, my carryover player next year is gonna be Greg Zerline. The kicker for the <laughs> kicker for the Rams. This he dude, you a lot of points. this dude averaged fourteen points a game for me. He put up season or weeks where it was 24, 25 points. He single handedly won me games. Sometimes I made really good decisions with my defense, but having a kicker that put up just as much as a quarterback sometimes was insane. It was a weird thing to have. I've never had that luxury before, and it honestly helped me almost win this entire league yeah. having a kicker. Even though I can say it. Having that, Greg Zerline was down at the end, so I didn't have him as my kicker in the fantasy championship. So we are going to blame it on Greg Perry, Zerline. Let's give you a little credit also. You had the number one overall pick this year. David yeah, Johnson, Johnson, who didn't play at all, and you still made the championship yeah. game. So, so I mean, I had, I had a comeback year, and I didn't start off all that great either, and I ended up winning like eight or nine weeks in a row, and I just lost really bad in the end. So I had oh, a three-game winning Yeah, and, and Corbin had a little life at some <laughs> all point. All three-game wins. Corbin was dead last. If he didn't have that little three-game win streak, he would have finished dead last. So I'm glad that he did it. Uh, but, yeah, no, I had an extremely fun time playing this year, and – even for you guys as fans, if you really want to get in on our fantasy league, if you're cool enough, you can submit an offer to us, and we will accept you into our league next year. If you want to Mikey, I think that that might that could be a cool way for us to fill those last two spots because I know we have eight. Four, four. we could do. We, we have eight. Things. We actually have twelve spots. So I was gonna say maybe uh, two, at least two of the people can be maybe fans of us if you guys really. Like how we go about sports, want to be part of all the crap talking, want to be with us, you know, join our league. We uh, It was a last-minute league last year, and we're going to work on it. It was really fun, so we have some spots open. So that could be an interesting thing to have yeah. some NFL unwrapped um, fanatics joining us in our fantasy league. But uh, for next year, that's uh, hopefully I win or Corbin or, or Christian or one of us wins last place so we can at least humiliate each other on 
Corbin. No, it's fine. But yo, thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in to episode one of NFL Unwrapped. My name is Perry Aston, joined with Corbin Weinerman and Christian McGowan. I've had an amazing, amazing, amazing time today, and I'm so excited that Unwrapped is finally expanding. So I'm going to let Christian and Corbin run off the rest. But thank you guys so much for tuning in and jump on our Twitter page at NFL Unwrapped. Please t- give us a look. Stay active with us. Retweet, like. We're going to give you everything we got. It's full Super Bowl coverage, everything for the offseason. So take a look at our Twitter page. It's great. All right, Christian, I'll let you go. All right, I'm going. <laughs> a quick, a quick <laughs> goodbye from right. Christian. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening, like Perry said, in our first episode of what we hope to be many more to come. This was a lot of fun that we had. A um, little bit longer than we planned it to be, but we had a lot of really good content to talk about. I hope you guys really enjoyed um, in addition to following our at NFL Unwrapped Twitter page, also remember to check out our NBA Unwrapped Twitter page at NBA Unwrapped if you don't already follow. We also have a podcast, NBA Unwrapped. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin MRPK Perry. Uh, Twitter my first, my yeah. last name. And if you love the Unwrapped brand, we have so so much more yeah, in store just, for you guys. Stay tuned, yeah, so we got guys. big things, big things in store. So big things, big things yeah. only. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just welcome to Unwrapped, Christian, and thank you guys for tuning in. Always share our podcast. Take a look at it on SoundCloud for this week. As of next week, we will be on iTunes Hopefully. as well. Hopefully. Hopefully, we have to send in our request. Hopefully, iTunes likes us. Also, I think they will because they did like NBA Unwrapped. So catch us on iTunes soon. But for now, take a look on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. Um, shoot us any kind of direct message or any kind of interaction. If you have any Super Bowl questions, any intake, we're going to give you guys some Twitter polls as well. So take a look at those and please participate and stay active with us. We really appreciate you guys. Yep. All right, that'll do it. Thank you guys all for listening to NFL Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NFL. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by Perry Aston and Christian McGowan. We will have another podcast out for you guys next week. Until then, enjoy the Super Bowl. So long.